is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Kicking off another week of fun here. It's Ian in the studio with you. And Mark. And we go right into the phone calls. You can take control and bring up anything. I believe Mike Barsky is calling from Grafton, uh, which is one of the uh, the more popular destinations for liberty activists making the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Grafton uh, being a, a very small town, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, where you don't have zoning regulations and stuff like that to deal with. However, it doesn't mean that you're safely away from the clutches of the evil uh, bureau- bureaucracy that will attempt to control as much of your life as they possibly can, even though you're out in the woods. Uh, Mike, what's happening out there well i'm building a uh a store slash private club and uh part of the store will be selling food which i've been doing for a few months and some state agents have recently come in and started to make threats when did this uh transfer now you said you've been doing this you've been selling the food for a couple of months and then they just recently came in yeah we've been building the ha- the, the store itself the building is uh for about three or four months now and for almost all of that time uh, I've been selling food out of an RV or a camper, and we've been increasing our menu, and now I'm, and I actually have two vendors participating with me. So we've grown, and we're selling more and more, and we've been selling the whole time. But only in the last week or so have I put up signs out on the street that uh, make it more visible to passersby. Ah, I see. And then yesterday, I believe, um, a state agent came by and dropped off a piece of paper that no one, none of us accepted, and it said something to the effect of, you need a license to sell food. So, so is the uh, just out of curiosity, is this prepared food or is this food that comes in a bag? Well, the the paper didn't say it was really vague on a number of issues. Although it did give like a certain, it did cite a particular law, which I didn't bother to look up. So <laughs> I don't know what that one says. But on her little warning piece of paper, she just wrote, um, "I saw some open signs and I noticed, that, and and, I, and you need a license to sell food." So basically, uh, this is the same old situation where the government people determine that uh, money is being handed over on a voluntary basis, and they get very indignant, uh, very upset when they don't get to get a cut of uh, that that business person's uh, money that they are being paid, uh, again, from customers who are voluntarily choosing to uh, to purchase those products or services. And so uh, because you put the signage out, they became aware of your existence and have decided they were going to uh, come in and attempt to intimidate you. So uh, I guess you've just shut down the operation at this point, huh? Yeah, I shut down and I'm moving out of Grafton. Oh, no, that's not what's <laughs> happening. Uh, I'm just continuing as, as planned, as I was doing. I'm just voluntarily, peacefully transacting business. I sell hot dogs and hamburgers and candy and whatnot, and if someone wants to voluntarily buy one, then we'll do a trade. Now, of course, the suggestion here is that without the state's permission slip that you're a dangerous individual, those hot dogs and hamburgers could be poisoned. Well, they certainly could be, but it does me no good to poison my customers because then I don't have any more customers. Yeah, but how are we going to know, Mike, that you know what safe food handling techniques are? I mean, don't we need the state agents to come in and test you and, you know, make sure that you know what you're doing there at your grill? Well, uh, uh, an inspection, uh, some kind of rating system for my level of safety and sanitation would probably be a good idea. I currently don't have one because I'm just cooking out of a camper. Uh, My building's not even done yet. Right. To be forced to do that is ludicrous. Also, if I was a customer driving along the highway and I see a little hot dog stand or whatever, 
and I wanted to buy there and I was concerned about safety, well, I either wouldn't buy there or I'd ask to see the kitchen myself sure. or ask to see what inspection stickers they've had or whatever. Right, I mean, not- you kind of take your chances when you're buying out of a camper. People generally know that yeah, you'll get uh, – sometimes you get food that's really awesome out of a camper. But, you know, it's a – it's it's food made in a camper. It's it's pretty clear. It's not the uh, it's not the white coat kitchen, right? Yeah, and that's that's actually a good way to put it because let's say I had let's say my store was completed or let's say I was building a restaurant and it was completed and it was really elegant with black tile and nice music and nice curtains and looked really nice. That would really go far to convince someone that the food I was serving was probably safe, even if I didn't have a government inspection sticker. Indeed. Yeah, so it's all about uh, the customer and what they want, and if they're uncomfortable with buying from a roach coach uh, or whatever they're called uh, on the side of the road, then that's their choice. They can just drive on by, or like uh, you know, like you said, show them your kitchen if they're if they're concerned. And it's not like you're hiding and uh, where you're making the burgers; you're actually cooking them right out in front of people. That's correct. So anybody that wants to eyeball your technique can uh, can easily do that. It's really all about revenue and obedience, isn't it? Yeah, those are the those are the two things. They want uh, a cut of money for every person who's making money, and they want people to remain obedient. But you can tell Mike's out in the woods. He's got that scratchy phone out in the woods sound uh, to, <laughs> his, to his landline. <laughs> hey, by the way, there's video footage of some of this. Now, y'all didn't get footage of the actual bureaucrat coming up and threatening you, right? We didn't. And actually, what, technically what happened was the bureaucrat came and did their little paperwork before I even got there that morning. Mm-hmm. But uh, no video was taken, and that is not, it's so unfortunate that I'm actually bribing the guys who work on site. I, I just today offered them a free meal if they capture video of government aggression. Sweet. So they all have cameras. They're just too lazy to bring them. So I'm trying to entice them to bring them and use them. Good deal. I hope that works out because it's probably going to be the case they're going to come back. Now, we're not sure uh, when that's going to happen. Did they, did they give you any sort of timetable or threat as far as you better do this within X amount of time? No, no specific threats at all. Um, what happened was, I, I found out after, some busybody called, and I don't know who they called and complained, and so a state agent, a state health, inspe- or health oh. safety department or whatever drove by, and she dropped off the paperwork. And since then, the state health department has called the um, town's health officer, or whatever his title is, and asked him to keep an eye on these guys, make sure or see if they have um, signs out and see if they're still selling food. So the state is backhandedly keeping an eye on things, and I suspect it'll only be a matter of days or a week or two before they send cops or more agents with more mm-hmm. specific threats. Now, in the town of Grafton, what does the guy get paid that uh, checks on food preparation? I mean, there's only one business in the whole town besides your own, isn't Maybe it? Maybe that's who called. Maybe it's oh, I, I would suspect that I would suspect strongly that that's the case. But I mean, I I just can't imagine there's a guy who inspects. There isn't in my town, and my town's bigger. Yeah, I I don't know. I know who it is. I don't know how much he gets paid to do what he does. He might even do it voluntarily because he's a very wealthy person, but uh, I don't know. So the plan is to have uh, the activists in the area, to have cameras on them in the event that the bureaucrats come back or when they come back to uh, possibly threaten you further or maybe take some sort of aggressive, uh, more aggressive act uh, against you. I mean, they're going to inevitably they're going to try to put you in a cage, Mike. I mean, you know, the whole idea is just so absurd. You're locking somebody up. Someone is going to be locked up in a cage because they dared to serve food to someone who wanted to buy it from them. That's exactly what's going to happen. 
I do. I do fortunately have uh, very great activist neighbors and friends up here, and yes. at least one of them has volunteered to run the store once I'm in jail. So oh, that's fantastic. Grafton Gulch will continue even once they cage me. That is heroic. That is excellent uh, activism. And, uh, you know, who would have thought that selling a hamburger would end up being activism? But it is when you decide to not obey, when you decide to non-cooperate with these criminal gangsters who believe they own us and believe they can tell us what to do down to the most minute detail of our lives. It's absolutely ludicrous. It is. Mike, I appreciate you calling in to share the story here tonight. Is there anything else that we missed uh, that we didn't cover? No, but um, I, I suspect developments in the next short period of time, so I'll call back with updates as long as I'm able to, and thanks for the show. And before you, before you go, Mike, um, yeah. what, what, is your, uh, foot tra- what is your drive-by traffic? I'm not talking about uh, liberty activists who live in Grafton Gulch there um, in, in the Free Town Project or, or whatever. I'm talking about genuine, off-the-road uh, kind of uh, you know, people that uh, you know, have never heard of you before. What kind of traffic are you getting there for your, your little uh, hot, st- hot dog stand uh, in the motorhome? I would say very little at the moment. Uh, I, I have a camper you know, uh, that you sleep in. It's a little 25-footer, so I'm using that as my kitchen, and I painted it up like a hippie style with, like, grass and a tree and blue clouds and stuff. And I have signs out that, you know, that say hot dogs and hamburgers here and sodas, and I have a big open sign. Now, since I put the signs out about a week ago, I've probably had maybe five people i don't know maybe maybe a few more people well, I don't people got to see Stop. it the word's got to spread and hopefully you'll be able to stay open long enough for that to happen and like you said some activists will pick it up even if they put you in a cage uh so the state's got the got themselves a little uh, fight on their hands that they decided to pick and i thank you mike for the call tonight more coming up this is free talk live if or when the dollar crashes, an alternate system of trade will be a necessity. FreeWorldMarket.com is your free market solution to the economic crisis. Barter with small businesses without using government money. Stretch your buying power in these hard financial times by saving up to 50% on great products and services. Keep money in your community and away from the big banks. Preserve your wealth from hyperinflation and even become a merchant and immediately begin increasing your sales. Visit FreeWorldMarket.com now. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Our website features a lot of different stuff, and we give it all away. Uh, One of the many features uh, are our listening options. We've got uh, broadband and dial-up versions of the show. You can listen live, of course, and then if you aren't able to listen live, you want to listen later, well, the latest episode of Free Talk Live is running 24 hours a day on our stream. So head on over to listen.freetalklive.com to uh, get tuned in online. Of course, the details also on alternative listening methods are there, including our listen lines, which allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Uh, And uh, additional to that, we've got our satellite channel as well as uh, eight, about 80 radio stations across the country so head over there to listen.freetalklive.com and it's brought to you by quality rental yeah quality the, the folks at quality rental uh they they love free talk live so much the the principal over there jim Frechette, uh he plays free talk live in the warehouse while uh, everybody's working they get to hear free talk live and so what he wanted to do is he wanted to bring the listen page to you it's uh, listen.freetalklive.com and if you happen to be having an event whether it's a wedding barbecue church bar mitzvah whatever it is if it's any kind of gathering um you can go to and, and you happen to be in the southern new england area that's uh, rhode island connecticut 
you know, Massachusetts, maybe even southern New Hampshire, just uh, give them a call there at Quality Rental. It's QualityRental.com to get the number. QualityRental.com. All right. Toll-free numbers, 800-259-9231. We continue taking your calls. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention why well, I didn't forget. I just, we just ran out of time in the first segment. Uh, Mike Barsky was calling us from Grafton about the state thugs threatening him with violence because he dares, dares to sell food to people without a government permission slip. Because, you see, we're all just, you know, basically slaves. And if we don't ask Massa's permission uh, to do something, Massa's going to send his uh, taskmasters to, uh, you know, teach us a lesson. And so that's what they're going to probably end up doing in uh, in Grafton is attacking Mike, uh, you know, personally and taking away his freedom and putting him in a cage because he dared to cook a hamburger for somebody. Um, well, more than one hamburger. But nonetheless, he didn't ask permission. And, it hasn't uh, been that darn many hamburgers. And that's the thing. Is a couple it, weeks. Right. He's just he's out in the middle of nowhere serving hamburgers and hot dogs out of a, an RV to any tired, hungry traveler who wants to come along. So uh, The government owns it all, Mark. They own everything. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous! The uh, this it the, would be as ridiculous if he was on Main Street in, in Keene, New Hampshire. Indeed, but you know, he's not like it's not like he's raking it in. These people want some kind of food. It permit would be ridiculous if he was raking. That it would in. be higher than the amount that he's made in his first what month? They don't care about that. They don't. No, it's not about uh, how much you're going to make or how much you could make or how little you you'll make. It's about you pay the gang first before you do business because they own us. Or at least that's what they'd like us to believe. As more people start acting like free people, like Mike and his friends over there uh, in Grafton, as more people start acting free, then there are, there's going to be very little the state people can do about it. Because there's only so much room in the court system. There's only so much room in jail. And I just, you know. There's only so many enforcers. That, there's that too. Uh, so if they start realizing they're not getting people cooperating and they're not making money off of this, in fact, it's actually going to cost them money to prosecute this man. It's going to cost them money to put him in a jail cell and to, uh, to go after him. And it's also going to cost them PR, I think, as well, or at least I hope. And what I wanted to point out was you can find out the latest about what happens up there at freegrafton.com. That's how I got the news about what happened with Mike. And I uh, went ahead and post, reposted it over at Freekeen. But freegrafton.com is the, the main site uh, to go to for all things Grafton. So I wanted to make sure I got that out there. 800-259-9231. It's our, bu- our buddy Jason Talley, actually, from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. He's living up there, and he's doing a great job of covering this uh, with his website. Uh, and, of course, he's over at cdevolution.org. More coming up here with your calls. Darren is on the line in Pennsylvania. Darren, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Hello again, guys. Hey there. How's What's everybody? on your mind tonight? Just super. What's up? Well, actually, the same thing as on Saturday. We were talking about non-voting. Okay. And um, one of the things that uh, occurs to me, because I, I wrote an article on the subject, urging people not to vote, and it seems like me, people are misinterpreting what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Um, it's not that I think that by people not voting, all of a sudden the government's going to say, oh, gee, they didn't vote for us, well, let's shut down. If, if only. it only were that easy. Yeah. yeah, if it only were that easy, yeah. What I'm trying to get at is that voting is one of the pillars that the support for the government rests on. It's a way of training people's minds to accept the government. You know, it's the duly elected. It doesn't matter, 10% of the people voted, well, everybody says, oh, they're duly elected. And that's what I've been trying to get at, is that we need to, we need to take away that foundation from the government and build a foundation for freedom. 
Well, a foundation and a pillar are two different things, and I'll give you the pillar. Um, I won't give you the foundation, because I don't think voting is the foundation. I think that uh, voting is, oh, I'll give you a pillar, that, that makes some sense, but it's only one of many, many pillars, and I'd say that the foundation is, hey, look, government is a gang of people who don't mind using violence in order to get what they want, and I'd like you to explain to me the difference in that gang, and, uh, you know, voting all in there and everything but it's not you know it's if the the, the point that we've made on the, the show many 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 times is that more people have not voted in history in, of the united states than have voted in the history of the united states and if not voting worked to do anything then we would not have uh, we would be uh, at freedom at this point but in fact not voting does nothing more than voting does and i'd say voting does slightly more because you know things like ron paul ron paul got a little bit of uh oomph from the whole voting process and uh, you would you would say that he was valuable wouldn't you yes nothing is ever a hundred percent bad nothing's ever a hundred percent good um you're right in that um i've never said that not voting is going to just turn things around i see the point i'm trying to make here is that if we can get people to accept the idea that Voting doesn't legitimize the government. That's what I'm getting at. Why not just get them to accept the idea that government isn't legitimate? Yeah. Well, exactly. here so the way I see voting okay. is I see voting as a tool. Okay, um, Darren, it, you know, to me, it's uh, you know, it's a tool that can be used by somebody who wishes to use violence on their neighbor and elect somebody who would use violence on their neighbor or something like that. And it's a tool that can be used by somebody who wishes to do the opposite. Correct. No, I don't agree with the second part that it could be used by people to to implement liberty. So okay, um, here uh, in in the instance of uh, my town, there had it was a situation going on where they were voting on a uh, a truck that was going to fix potholes and stuff like that. It was going to cost them two thousand dollar, two hundred thousand dollar truck that they were voting on. It it passed by one single vote. I couldn't be there. I was down in Florida begging the governor for a pardon uh, from from years and years ago. But um, if I had been there, I would have been able to change that vote. My one vote. Was would have made a difference in that issue and i you know if i would have voted no then the people would not have been aggressed against for two hundred thousand dollars correct okay i'll go along with that but it doesn't change the fact that taxes would still exist i'm not sure i see how that really reflects on okay if you're going to get robbed in the street corner would you prefer to get robbed for a hundred dollars or would you prefer to get robbed for fifty dollars i'd prefer not to get robbed at all that's not your option today yeah. <laughs> See whether whether you like it or not, and this is the this is the situation with taxes. It doesn't really matter whether you want to get robbed or not. You can decide how yeah. much you're going to get robbed by, and every once in a while, your vote will make a difference, as it would have in, in that instance. And I would have been able to save those people, you know, the the, the whatever, however many households, seven hundred or something households that there are in my town, that two hundred thousand dollars. That's the game. That's where they play the game to pull people in, you see. Yeah, then you accept the whole process. I, I, mean, do, I haven't accepted accept it, though. Me. You're saying I've accepted it. See, I haven't. I you wanted to vote. I consider it you aggression. You to vote on the truck. Hang on. We'll bring you back here in a moment, Darren. 800-259-9231. You can add to this or bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. 
I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. Freedomcam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. Freedomcam.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the site free. We've got news updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, you'll know it first. If you're on the news lists, you can get there by going to news.freetalklive.com. Sign up for our email updates or follow our Twitter or Facebook, news.freetalklive.com. So do you want to know how to give uh, your baby a head start? You can teach your baby to read beginning as early as three months old. It's fun and easy to do with the Monkey See, Monkey Do Baby Reading Kit. Um, I, you know, my, we got this kit for Jack, I guess it's probably been close to a year now and he, he's been reading for six months. I think you can go see the video of my son reading at babyreadingkit.com. And, uh, there are several other videos of several other kids and, uh, you know, you, you can, you can rest assured that these videos work. Um, I, they, you know, Jack started started listening maybe at 18 months, and by 24 months was uh, was reading uh, his shapes, his colors. Your kid can do it too. It's a it's a great head start for uh, your child in school. It's babyreadingkit.com. All right, toll free number again 800-259-9231. Uh, you can bring up whatever you want. We've got Darren on the line with us here in Pennsylvania. He is uh, trotting out the discussion about voting uh, here and explaining basically. Let me see if I understand your position so far, Darren. That uh, that voting is uh, is a process that legitimizes the state in people's minds, and that's why people shouldn't participate in it. Yes, that's correct. That's the way I see it. So, I mean, I've had people say to me, you know, uh, like if I want to talk about politics to them, they say, "Well, did you vote?" Because I don't talk politics to people who don't vote. You know, I mean, it's, it's that ingrained in them that, oh, you know, voting sure. is such a, a duty. And, and even the people that don't vote, they see the government as legitimized by the fact that there's an election, even if they chose not to take part in it. You know, I, I, I'm not going to disagree that there's a certain amount of that going on, but I don't see how you not participating in it really does anything. You know, so you can say that I, I think I can just with as just as much strength and veracity say it's not like the voting process really matters. I mean, anybody who can add realizes that if you picked your vote up from one column, moved it to the other column, um, that the, 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 the guy who won was still going to win. Your vote really statistically doesn't matter. It's a it's a largely insignificant task that one does. And when you do it, you're only taking this minute chance that your one vote is going to matter. Well, they, they move it from one column to the other with uh, changing the, uh, the district uh, boundaries, you know. Sure. I, I understand so, uh, all the tricks yeah. that go into voting. Oh, yeah. But, like, I gave <laughs> oh, you yeah. an example where at my town meeting uh, there was a, a truck that was purchased, a, a road truck um, that was purchased. And it was purchased based on a vote of one vote. And it was $200,000. If I had and my wife had managed to be there, it would have been tabled until the next year. And the people of that of my town would have been saved that, uh, you know, tremendous cost. 
and that vote would have mattered. And I think that it's the it's the best example of how your vote, in fact, does matter and how you can stop. In some cases. Well, in some cases. It, it can matter. And, um, you know, you can stop aggression being perpetrated against the vast majority of people who did not show up at town meeting because they didn't know about it, didn't care about it, aren't plugged in enough or whatever the reason is. Uh, they would have been saved. Even the people who voted against it would have been saved. Uh, the people who voted for it, we can go ahead and charge their bank accounts. But in the, in the meantime, the government still is there taxing and taking, you know, they're aggressing against people in other ways. But it's ways. taxing less. Yes, but it's still there. I'm saying I'm trying to say let's do something that can, but that's not, not, can, but, but lead us. The point that I, I guess lead. There's no evidence though, Darren. That's what that's what I'm trying to to get through to you is the the not voting thing has been occurring. It's been occurring since we've had voting in the United States and the government leaving things that that's been going the opposite direction. Right. I th- I, you know, I see from all this, and yeah. I, and I'm somebody who has uh, struggled with this issue. Mark, I mean, you've been on the air with me when I've been struggling with uh, with this issue, and I've I've since come to resolve that I don't have a problem with uh, voting. I I certainly don't see any reason to do it at the federal level, but I have seen evidence here in New Hampshire, for instance, where you know votes can make a difference, and I understand that the system is aggressive, and that uh, regardless of how the election comes out, people will continue to be aggressed against. But I, uh, I don't have a problem with, you know, even if it's just a little bit of imp- input, having some level of input in how much aggression is going on. I don't, I don't see that there's anything wrong uh, with doing that. Would you say that people are wrong for uh, participating in the voting process? Yes, definitely. So it, would, it be, would it be wrong of me, for instance, if, uh, you know, if the vote was to murder somebody? Uh, publicly, that uh, if I were to vote against that, and you know, I would save somebody's life. Would it be wrong of me to uh, to do that? Hmm. Well, now you're getting into these theoretical things. Well, no, it's not happen. theoretical. It's not. Th- nobody's it's, nobody's going to put out on a referendum. It's not. No, that's somebody. probably true. It, that's probably that you're probably right about that. But Mark's but, um, Mark's example is a real example where two hundred thousand dollars was not taken from people because well excuse me it was taken from people because it did pass by one vote but it theoretically could have not passed had mark actually been there to vote against it Uh, unfortunately he wasn't and so he could have saved those people from at least an additional level of aggression sure the tax man's still going to threaten them and sure they're still going to pay up but they don't have to pay they wouldn't have had to have paid as much you're saying it would be wrong to prevent those people from having that money that extra money stolen from them no, I didn't say it would be wrong to have not to keep that extra money from be, being stolen from them. What I'm trying to say is that it, by participating in the vote, you're keeping people engaged in the system and supporting the government. So uh, what I'm trying That's to... That's what I'm trying to say. No, get I, people to move away mentally from the government. Then they can... But they're not doing like that, you. Darren. That's the point. You've got more yes. than 200 years worth of evidence that this crap isn't working. Abandon it. What crap? Uh, the the well, idea that nobody, not voting has anything to do with the government. Nobody's ever tried to do a campaign to tell people, look, it's okay not to vote. It's the done all the time. Uh, we've been hearing it on Free Talk Live plenty. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if that's what you want for your campaign, man, go ahead and do it. But to say that other people are wrong for, uh, for wanting to protect their neighbors against the aggression of government by using the voting process... That's what you said, yes. You did say that when I asked you. absolutely said this. And I'd like to ask you another question, You can take Darren. it back if you'd like, but that is what you said when I asked you the question about the murder vote. 
No, no, I, well, I, I didn't hear the part about using the voting process when I used that. I did say that, yes. No, oh, okay, so, me... it's, so, so as long as you're using the governmental process, no matter what you do, you're aggressing against your neighbors, even if you're trying to prevent your neighbors being aggressed against. That's what you think you're doing, yes. I mean, I understand that a lot of people are out there uh, running for office and voting and all that stuff. They, they think they're doing good. So was it I wrong disagree. for Andrew Carroll, uh, who is a professed anarchist, uh, to, uh, to run for political office? An anarchist runs, runs for office. Hmm. That's right. Um, was that wrong of the him only to do that? Way I could, the only way I could see somebody, an anarchist, uh, being running for office is if you, you actually uh, get on the ballot and then tell people not to vote. I mean, I don't know. I don't, uh, well, that's because you, you apparently know. are the arbiter of all things anarchist. I have my opinion. I'm entitled to okay, it. Okay, you, you certainly are, yeah. and I think Andrew Carroll also has his opinion, and he's entitled to it, and I don't want to speak for him, but I think that his intention in running for a political office was to bring the ideas of freedom uh, to people's minds so they could consider those as a, as a potential option because there's some level of attention that is being brought to the political process, and should he have been elected, uh, it's very likely that he would have uh, voted in a very principled manner. Darren, I can totally see why yeah. you might be jaded living in pennsylvania about the voting process however yeah. <laughs> because like the, your vote doesn't matter in pennsylvania it really doesn't matter don't vote in pennsylvania you're wasting your time but if you move to new hampshire your vote really will matter there's other people like you that believe the same way you do here some of them are participating in the process some of them aren't but i'd like to ask you one more thing about the voting process that i think it might be something you haven't uh, considered yet is you get uh, added to juries by voting. Oftentimes, they take it from the voter rolls, the juries. And if you get the opportunity to get on a jury, would be would voting to uh, free an innocent person charged with a crime that they, uh, you know, a, a crime with no victim, would that be aggression? That's a good question. I'd like to hear your answer, Darren. If you can hang on, we'll bring you back at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. In times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything just by dialing in toll-free. The number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, don't forget, you can support the show, considering we give you the site for free and the show for free. You can support us by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. You head on over to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up there with any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options. And we had a bug that cropped up over the past few days uh, that has been resolved. So now if you click into the AMP section of the secure area, uh, you should be able to see everything. There was a problem where the, the page just wasn't coming up for people that weren't logged in that should be resolved. So head on over, become a Free Talk Live amplifier, and get perks like access to the AMP Only Call-In, line, uh, AMP only call-in Lines Forum podcast and more. Get all the details and get signed up 
at amp.freetalklive.com. We've got Darren on the line with us in Pennsylvania. He is uh, bringing up the voting issue and whether or not it is somehow wrong or uh, it's morally correct to participate in the voting process. He is vehemently against it, uh, believes that it grants legitimacy to the government. And, of course, as I pointed out in the past, and I haven't brought it up yet tonight, although he, he acknowledges that even if this were the were to be the case, the government wouldn't go away, that if no one voted, the government wouldn't go away. We've seen evidence of that, wherein 0% turnout happens, and sure enough, the government continues on. Because voting really doesn't have much of a factor on whether or not people uh, obey the government or consider it legitimate. What is a factor is how people just generally think about government. And I think that maybe voting is a smidgen of, uh, of that, but... It doesn't really seem to be that critical to me. It's- Somehow I've managed to get from the point of uh, you know a Republican to extraordinarily small government without giving up the voting thing. I mean, does that mean that yeah. nobody else could? I'm, I'm the only one? Right. It just doesn't seem to be the real crux of the issue as to how people feel about government. Uh, but some people really feel like this is a critical matter. And I think that voting, as ineffective as it is it is in many cases, can be useful. And as you pointed out, Mark, here in New Hampshire, there's, the voting process is, is smaller. It's, the, the districts are smaller. The amount of votes that are cast are smaller. So your vote actually can make a Plus difference. Plus there, there, there are candidates and issues that, that it makes a difference on. I mean, there are I, real if I was any people. place else, if I was in you know, Montreal, Pennsylvania, yeah, Pennsylvania or, or Quebec or something like that, I wouldn't care either. Yeah, there. But here, there are real principled people that are actually running uh, through the political system to try to make a difference. And I agree that the political system sucks, and that it's inefficient, and that it's probably the most, uh, the worst way to to try to garner more liberty for ourselves. But to say that it's impossible through the system, I don't think is true because we've seen changes. I mean, there was the knife legislation that went through recently that completely legalized all manner of carrying any sort of knife here in, yes. in New More Hampshire. More freedom, not less. And that was done because a lady named Jen Coffey, a Free State Project participant, I believe, made uh, yes. you know, ran for political office back in 2008, and people voted her into office. So, you know, there's some really undeniable stuff going on here. But all that aside, Mark, you had asked Darren what I thought was a pretty challenging question. And I want you to recap the question here real quick for anybody just tuning in. And I think, Darren, are you still with us? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, so um, there's this uh, there's this aspect of voting, which includes uh, being put on juries in many, many, many places. This is the case that uh, they get their jury pool from the voter registry. And if you uh, are on the registry, you get an opportunity to go to to, uh, participate in the jury system where you will be, you know, say on a jury of 12 or nine people. And you will then be able to vote. And in there, it's one vote. If it's a criminal situation, it's one vote will hang the jury. And so, I mean, there's no denying that your vote matters in this particular instance. So, um, in, is, oh, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, but I was talking about voting in elections. I, yes, I, but you I, won't I get the opportunity. Darren, Darren, the, the point I'm making is, is if you're not registered to vote, in the election, you will not have the opportunity to Well, what's to the go- difference anyway, Mark? It's a, a vote's a vote, and this is a vote. You're describing just a different kind of vote. It's still working within the yes, system. Yes, it's the government. So well, the they question- put you on a jury and you don't have a choice about it, that's, that's a little sure bit Sure you do. You can always story. come up with excuses. You can always come up with reasons well, why you can't be on the jury. You could go in there and you could make crap up as to you know, why you can't be on the jury. Yes, that's true. I didn't say you couldn't. I'm just saying if they put you on the jury and you don't have a choice about it. 
You but do it, have yeah, a choice. You, and you wonder, people want to get out of jury duty, they can get out of it. I, I understand right. that. Is I, voting I've on never... the jury aggression? Again, if you're there without a choice, um, you're there without a choice. You have no, to no, I'm not asking about choice. the government. I'm asking about if you you made the claim that casting a vote is an act of aggression. And I'm asking you. In an election. In an election. I was talking about elections. I was not talking about juries. Well, I'm, as, I'm asking you right now. I'm asking you. Is, is casting a vote while you're on a jury, a panel of nine or 12 people, where your one vote really matters because it'll hang that jury, is that an act of aggression? Hmm. Got to think on my feet, don't I? Is yeah. It, is it not it's because, is it it's anxious, because you have a fallacious stand. I thought to the jury business. Um, <laughs> um, I suppose if you object to the whole jury system, you could just say, no, I'm not going to participate. I don't know. I'm not sure would, what to would say. Not participate. I'm honestly so, not sure what to say. Do you, mean, that's uh, fine. It's a fair answer. Is, I, was, uh, I was talking about elections. I we understand. You've repeated yourself several mm-hmm. times on that point. We've talked about Sorry. elections. Yeah. Now we're asking you a related question because what your, your stance is on elections is that participation grants legitimacy to the governmental process. Does also participating on a jury grant a similar amount of legitimacy or more or less? Yes, it would, be, it would be granting legitimacy to that process. So to, to you, so, then, it so doesn't matter. Wait a so, minute, Mark. Hold the, on, Mark. No, so to you, it doesn't matter that, look, I, I agree with you, Darren, that the system sucks, right? It's terrible, it's aggressive, it's awful, but it is what it is, and it's there, and people are forced into it. So people, on a regular basis, are forced to these trials, these show trials, these shams, uh, you know, on, on charges that are you know, nonsense, like selling a hamburger to somebody or having a plant in their pocket or something like that. So given the opportunity to serve on a jury like that, you and, and perhaps use jury nullification to set that person free, uh, you would instead just uh, object to it because it would grant legitimacy to the system. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from yeah. you. 800 the silence was an answer as far it's, as I'm concerned. <laughs> It's a, you know, this is a uh, it, it's a stance that so many people have uh, have decided to adopt relatively recently, and I just don't think it holds water. I you know I've I've talked to some people that are pretty good at it, and Darren seems like he, he you know gets it to some extent, and they just can't manage to get around some of these issues. And you know, I I don't think you have any obligation to go vote in the same way you don't have the obligation to pick up somebody's wallet that you saw them drop on the street and return it to them. I just think that it's an opportunity to do something nice for your neighbor. Yeah, and, and hopefully is. for yourself in the process. And I don't, you know, I don't fool myself into believing that voting is uh, is really significant. I mean, in most cases it's not. In most cases your vote won't make a difference. I think that's all true. But I don't think it grants legitimacy to the system. Right. I think it's because just a, de- a defensive move. Just because it's st- statistically insignificant doesn't make it evil. And right? Just because people who are <laughs> steeped in the system believe it's so important doesn't make it that way. It doesn't mean what they believe is true about it. In fact, most people don't really believe that voting is very important. Look, the numbers prove it. They don't vote. <laughs> most people don't, don't vote. They, they accept that whatever happens is going to be screwing to, to them either way, whether it's Republicans or Democrats or whoever ends up getting, uh, getting in or whether the issue passes or not. They feel like they're screwed. They feel like they can't fight City Hall. So, uh, so why bother go down, uh, to go down and do it? What matters is how people see the government in general. Do people see the government as something that is 
is beneficial to them, that is something that's necessary, some sort of necessary evil, or do they see it as just despicable and unnecessary and they want to get rid of it? What do people think about the government? Because as long as they see the government as legitimate in general, then they're going to keep participating with it. They're going to keep obeying it. And to me, what matters is whether or not people obey the government, whether people will pay the government. And if I really wanted to hold Darren's feet to the flames, and he's gone now, but if I really wanted to hold his feet to the flames, I'd ask him if he pays taxes. Well, whoa, whoa, you pay taxes? Well, wait, do- doesn't paying taxes grant legitimacy to the system? I would think so. In okay. fact, I would say paying taxes grants far more legitimacy to the system than does voting. I would, uh, you know, that, 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 one, that one's clear and obvious. Most people don't have what it takes, myself included, to uh, refuse to pay these sort of mandatory taxes out there. I don't blame it. And you could point out that, yeah, you're choosing to vote versus you can't choose to pay taxes. But you oh, can yeah, you, you do choose to pay taxes. Right. You can choose to not right. pay taxes. You, you know, just choosing to not to vote is this cheap out of, well, you're, you're not supporting the system and stuff. It's the oh, no yeah, risk. Man. <laughs> it's the no risk choice, right? But right. not voting has no risks attached to it. But not paying taxes has a little bit more risk uh, attached to it. And as soon as people are willing to actually take some risks for liberty, then maybe we'll get somewhere. But if you think that you can get to freedom just by not voting and telling everybody else not to vote, that's not going to be the case. So as long as the voting process exists and there are reasons to go out and participate in it, like a decent, principled, liberty-minded candidate, I'll keep participating in it. It's Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is coming up. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com Airwaves here as we kick off hour number two of Free Talk Live. You may dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you like. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. We're going to get right back into your calls here in just a moment. But I had an extra thought uh, that popped up here, and I felt like I was just blathering thoughts, and I don't know if, how con- coherent I was being toward the end of that last uh, that last segment. Because I understand where the anti-voting people are coming from. Like, I get it, okay? But what doesn't make sense is what they want. They want to convince everyone to stop voting, to convince everyone to believe that the state is not legitimate because they believe that it's, it's voting that leads people to, uh, you know, believing that the state is legitimate, that it's an important factor in that. And so what is the realistic goal? Or what is an un- there, I think it's an unrealistic goal for the, of them to have that they're going to convince people to stop voting. All of them. I mean, like right. you, you, certainly you can convert a few people, but what's really the point when you, um, you know, when local elections are decided by as few as in, in some case. Three percent. Yeah, right. Three percent, five percent, some big, lo- the, big local elections, 10 percent. Guess who most of those voters are? People that work for the government. Now, how You're going to convince them? Right. How in the world are you going to get? Look, you can't even convince us to not vote, right? I mean, we we <laughs> heard all the arguments. We have talked about this issue over the years. 
we get it. We know exactly uh, you know, where you're coming from. We, we understand. And you can't convince us. So you think you're going to be able to convince other people to stop voting? And again, the numbers show that most people don't vote. But that hasn't affected their feelings toward what government is and whether it should be around or not and whether they're going to obey it or not. Look, if you can get enough people to stop obeying the government, then it's over for them. Right. It doesn't and, really matter whether, it, you know, whether they vote or not. Right. Well, then, then at that point, they're voting in a real significant manner by not going along with the program anymore, by not getting the permit to run the business, by not asking government's uh, permission to do X, Y, or Z, not begging anymore in order to live their lives as free people. If you could convince maybe 5% of the people that are aggressed against by government to just, just take things to trial, you'll crush the court systems. So that kind of a perspective, looking at activism from a non-cooperation, from encouraging non-cooperation and encouraging people to see the state as a gang of thugs uh, and, and treat them you know, with uh, that same level of reverence, then you might have a little bit more success. But the idea of you're going to stop people from, uh, from voting by somehow converting the people who benefit directly from voting, they just don't have that incentive and they never will. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to work to me. You can count on every time for the on the government people to come out and vote themselves right back into office. And actually, you as- can't. Um, there have been times when even the government people don't come out to their own elections, sure, sure, and there have been zero votes, and the government still continues to go on. They true. appoint people; they just continue to to go on. That does happen occasionally, Mark. But for the most part, you can count on the government people to come out and, right. and vote well, for themselves. You can certainly; they're far more likely to come out than uh, the, you know the average citizen who's trying to get by, who's trying yeah. to work and do all these other things. So the uh, you know the whole "don't vote" it only uh, it only encourages them thing. No, it doesn't. They don't need your they encouragement, dude. They don't give a fly and flip at a rolling donut they, about your encouragement. They don't care whether you show up and vote or not. They don't, they don't want you to vote. The government true. doesn't want you to vote. They've actually, they've actually tried to stop me, actively attempted to prevent me from voting. Uh, but they don't care if you show up or not in many cases because their system's going to keep rolling on as long as everybody keeps playing along. That's what they care about. They care about how if they are obeyed. And as soon as people stop obeying them, they get very upset. That's what will stop them, in my opinion. I think voting can, can be useful, and I think we pointed out why. Anyway, we'll continue here uh, with your thoughts. And we go to David listening in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello there. I'm calling in. My, my vote is to vote. <laughs> <laughs> because I think, I don't know, for me it's just like, do I have a preference? Either or. Do I have a preference? And I always have a preference. Sometimes and I don't. No, sometimes it's, you know, doesn't matter to me who wins. Like, now that uh, Andrew Carroll, the local activist that, is, uh, that was running, is, has been eliminated, I don't, I don't know if I care about going, you know, turning out. Yeah. I don't know if but, but one thing, um, if you can get, like, someone, someone good in that can, uh, will allow somebody to sell hot dogs or something, won't sure. aggress against people who sell hot dogs, Absolutely. Uh, at one of those council seats or something and changes that rule, that would be, you know, that's a good thing. I absolutely uh, agree. It is a good thing. If you can get the right, you know, again, I don't believe that the government's going to disappear by electing the right people overnight or anything like that. But I think that having better people in there than not is, uh, is a good thing. And I think there's been evidence from, uh, to that 
here in New Hampshire with the Free State Project, with liberty activists being uh, being elected across the state. Uh, there are four of them, uh, four Free Staters that have been elected. Other people that are of a liberty mindset have also been elected that are New Hampshire natives and such. And there's no doubt that New Hampshire is a more free place than a lot of the other places in this country. Rated and, the number one freest state in the, uh, the Union by the Mercatus Center. It doesn't mean that there aren't uh, little tyrants around here everywhere. It doesn't mean that uh, we don't have absurd rules and uh, and bureaucrats to order us around. That's that's all the case. But it's not as bad here as it is in other places. And it's because so come this... on up, everybody. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> David has invited you. Now you can come. Anything else on your mind? Um, no, that's all. Thanks uh, for the call, dude. Uh, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, really, the, the anti-voting crowd is really quite utopian, aren't they? I mean, the idea that they'd be able to somehow get everybody to stop participating in, in this system. The system sucks, but sometimes it gives you minor opportunities to adjust the suckiness factor. And if you can adjust that suckiness factor down a bit, I say do I say do it. Well, you know, the Where's other the option is if you believe that the government has to become so onerous and despicable that uh, that it finally people rise up against it or somehow, you know, go around it or something like that, then I suppose that 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 makes sense. Then you what actually you should do is you should go and vote for the worst candidate out there that you can find that you can find. And uh, as well, we haven't fact, heard that perspective tonight. I don't know how tonight. many people think that they're way. out there. Um, yeah, they, are. they are out there. And, and you know, if, if that's the case, my recommendation, pick up, move to Detroit. There you go. Yeah. I yeah. mean, how's that going? Cleveland? I mean, how's that going there? Are uh, the government people being overthrown in Detroit? Mm, no. Nope. Mm. Not, what about not. in Nazi Germany? No, that didn't really work there. Yeah. Did yeah, it? it took some more aggression to, uh, to knock them yeah. off. Yeah. I think they would have uh, at some point collapsed of their own weight, but it would have taken a heck of a lot longer. But if people hadn't gone along with the program and, as we pointed out the other night, hadn't just waltzed right into the, the Jews, hadn't just waltzed right into the cities and registered, that would have made things a lot more difficult. Mm. On, the uh, other thing you Hitler. can point out is that the, 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 the Nazis were uh, elected by a popular vote and not all the people voted. You know what? It's uh, it's not true that Hitler was democratically elected. I didn't realize that. He was I've appointed been, by a yeah. democratically elected government. Correct. Correct. Just I didn't realize that. I'd been saying that he was democratically elected, and I was called out on that. I think I that he, I think he was. I thought he was democratically elected by um, that his party was democratically elected and sort of a uh, and appointed through that that party situation. No, and his party he, was one of several, and he got thirty something percent of the he vote. Did so he very well. He wasn't voted by a majority, but no. by um, he won th- through the electoral process. He didn't win any seats, but uh, President Hindenburg did appoint him okay. to some special uh, seat after Hindenburg was. So he ran against Hindenburg, and then I, I believe, and then he okay. got appointed uh, by him. Well, so. somebody will give me their history lesson uh, this evening. You can believe that. Yeah, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Continuing with your thoughts, Dylan is on the line at Wisconsin on the amp lines. Hello, Dylan. Hey, I wanted to talk about voting, but I don't really want to anymore. You guys pretty much cleared it up. I mean, like, with with Darren on, and he was saying to stop because it gives legitimacy. I understand where he's coming from, but they don't care, like you said. They don't care that you're voting. That's why they're not coming to tell you to vote. They're coming instead to Mike Barsky, who's just selling burgers on the side of the road. You know, like you're saying, do the disobedience. That's what makes the difference. Absolutely, and voting. Not voting is a cop-out form of activism. It's a I'm a I'm a do-nothing activist, basically. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Darren doesn't do anything else. Maybe he does a whole bunch of other things, but to, to right, say in and of is, itself, it's nothing. Yeah, to say that it's some sort of critical move is uh, it's ludicrous. Right. Uh, uh, the other thing I wanted to say 
is that the only way uh, that I would ever vote, you know, I'm, I'm 18, almost 19 now only, but I haven't voted yet. Just because I don't have anybody I feel like I'm, that is worth my vote, nobody that's going to, you know, put in liberty policy. Absolutely, yeah, you got to excite me to get me out to, uh, to you know, to cast a ballot, and most candidates just aren't that way, but we're seeing more of them yeah. pop up here in New Hampshire, and I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. You can also enjoy our website. You'll find a lot of features there, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. Head on over to Shrine freetalklive.com to see it and if you're a lady listener you can get involved the details are there shrine.freetalklive.com and uh, SACL CAI major sponsor of the uh, the show Jason Osborne is the principal over there if you uh, if you need anything done whether it's collections or uh, some kind of uh, political campaigning or anything that where uh, you know automated calls uh, would be something that would work for you try SACL CAI they are a um, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com it is the top one on the right-hand side of the page. And, uh, they're a big sponsor of the show. Support uh, businesses that do business with Free Talk Live. All right. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. We continue here. You can bring up anything. McFall is on the line in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, McFall. Hello from another principled non-voter from Pennsylvania. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, Can you be um, a principled well, voter? No. Oh, really? But- well, here's my thing. I come from a different direction than the Darren. Um, I see voting as like sort of obfuscated violence, and we can all agree that violence is undesirable, but not necessarily immoral. Like if you see somebody about to rape a kid and you clock them upside the head and make them stop, you know, we, we can agree that that's all right. Okay. So I don't say that it's wrong to vote. I just don't, haven't seen any reason why I should to this point, at least not since I uh, – got involved in the liberty movement we, we have uh, conceded that point that if you live in pennsylvania or many of the other states around the union um, or uh, many of the other places around the world that your vote is likely wasted and that, yeah, your, I can't gas- say any that your gasoline isn't worth it and the time that you, you spend away from your family is not worth it so i'll concede yep. that point to you that uh, the voting is a statistically insignificant act however if you'll concede to me that it can matter some of the time, and that it's more likely to matter where more people are collected that believe the same and similar things that you do. I so concede, and that is why I'm a Free State Project member. Excellent. Uh, very good, sir. So what else was on your mind tonight? Okay. Uh, a few times over the past week, we discussed the issue of uh, whether property that is owned illegitimately, illegitimately can be transferred to another person and then like say if my watch was stolen and then some who stole it sold it to you if i could take the watch from you now uh, ultimately i'm going to agree with you that it would be wrong to use force against the recipient of stolen property but for a different reason and 
I wanted to take issue with, uh, Mark, your position that we really, you know, by that standard, we really can't justify any property at all because all property at some point has been stolen. Okay. And the reason I take issue with that is because there's kind of, in in property theory as developed by John Locke and Murray Rothbard and people like that, there's a statute of limitations on, um, you know, challenging a title. And that would be, since property can only be willed to somebody who is alive at the time of the, or, you know, at the same time of the person who wills it because of the property, property transfers at the time of his death, that after, you know, whoever was alive at the time of the, um, the infraction dies, after they're all dead, you can't really challenge the, uh, the chain of custody anymore. So hold that, on, uh, who has to be alive? The person uh, the, to whom the property would have been aired or the person who would have aired it? There is a one-generation um, statute of limitations. So now, the, person the, he, the, 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 the person to whom it would have been aired. Okay, so no, there, let me let me take of... some examples here, if I could. Um, let's say you're talking about uh, the, the 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 people in the the area called Palestine. It wasn't actually a country, but I guess that was in the 40s. So I'm certainly there are heirs to that land that exist now. Um, but Jerusalem has gotten Israel itself hugely built up since it has been given over to the the Jews, and I'd say illegitimately. Or, or they, I guess, the people of Israel because they're not all Jews. Um, so let's say that uh, you know the person who had the land beneath the giant shopping mall, uh, you know the the guy who who used to feed whose camels used to graze on the land that is now beneath this huge edifice worth millions and millions of dollars, um, should that land be returned to him, and what should happen to the edifice uh, upon it? Uh, no, it shouldn't, and now I'm going to explain why okay. I agree with you ultimately. Um, Walter Block, who I believe you've had on your program before, mm-hmm. has a theory called negative homesteading, and he defends it much better than I do. But his idea is that, um, well, let's, you know, just as the first appropriator of natural resources becomes the rightful owner, the, so, you know, so to speak, first appropriator of hardship cannot transfer that to another person. And if you need proof of that, let's imagine that somebody steals my watch and is running off with it, and I pick, pull out a gun and try to shoot his legs out so I can go back and get it. And a little girl walks across the street, and I shoot her in the shoulder. Do I or By do I not owe that little girl representation? Uh, repre- um, yeah, sure. So even though it's my watch, my actions cannot harm somebody who did not harm me. And if the principle applies in that one situation, then somebody would have a pretty heavy burden of proof in proving to me why it doesn't apply in other situations. Like the guy with the building who built the building up, uh, you going in and just tearing it down saying, this was my grandfather's property, that kind of thing. Or the person who received the watch from the thief or you know purchased it. As you guys pointed out, you've both been wronged by the thief and the responsibility is on the thief. So I want I guess I want to I want to hear how you disagree because I you say you've gotten there some other different manner and so do you disagree or not disagree I, I'm I'm not exactly certain you, um because you in math you can come uh, you know somebody can have a wrong ans- uh, can have the right answer but have gotten to it through the wrong path and I'm trying to decide whether or not you're saying we've gotten there through the wrong path or exactly what you're saying Well the point is that you can still challenge legitimate um, property claims, but only for a certain period of time. I mean, if a, the thief steals the property, then say um, 
heirs it to his sons, then you know you have that that one generational uh, gap. But um, but that's you know that's sort of different than transferring the property to a um, you know to a totally unrelated third party because the the willing of property is is a different uh, type of transaction than a sale to a uh, completely uninvolved third party. Okay, so let me get this. Uh, let me let me get it straight. Uh, what you're saying, because I think I agree with uh, at least the, the 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 results of what you're talking about here. If somebody, if a third party comes along and buys or improves something, um, you know, with all good intent, with uh, having done their due diligence or whatever, they they believe they're doing the right thing, and uh, then they can't be gone after. And secondly, if you're talking about the uh, the heirs or I guess second heirs of uh, somebody who actually did steal something, then they they're the same as a third party. Right. They, they would be protected by the statute of limitations. Now, of course, you know, this is all metaphysical, you know, going into the idea of natural rights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And But I also think it's something that could work. It's something where an arbitration group could say, we will only recognize uh, challenges to property titles that, uh, you know, that have occurred within one generation. It would work. Okay. I think that makes sense to me. Appreciate the call and the explanation, and thank you uh, for dialing in tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. So if Grandma's watch is gifted to the thief's son, it's still claimable. But if the thief's uh, son ends up you know, growing up and gifting it to his kids, then it's, it's not. not. It's been too I long guess. at that point. Makes sense. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in via the toll-free number. It's 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website. You'll find that the features there are free. We've got archives with a whole bunch of them there. In fact, uh, going back to late 2006... You just go to freetalklive.com. You'll see the last week's worth of the show there at the top of the page. And then if you click into the archive section, you will find back to uh, late 06 all for free and courtesy of HostGator. So you can go to hostgator.freetalklive.com and you can get yourself a free month of hosting for, you know, on the house just for going through our link, hostgator.freetalklive.com. You, uh, you, HostGator is your source for you know domain name registrations, hosting, and all that kind of stuff. You need that. Uh, HostGator's got it, and they are one of the top uh, hosts from uh, from across the world. So HostGator.freetalklive.com is uh, again the place to go. You'll get your first month absolutely free. All right, so we'll continue here. You know, Mark, I was thinking a little bit further on this stolen property thing, and maybe I didn't quite understand as much as I as much as I thought I'd understood. Uh, what uh, what I guess it was uh, McFall was talking about there in Pennsylvania. So let me make sure that that we're still on the same page uh, that with this whole generational uh, approach thing. 
The idea being that if somebody bequeaths, someone who's a thief bequeaths something that they stole to one of their uh, offspring or somebody else that's uh, you know directly beneath them without selling it uh, to a third party that is completely uninterested in the situation that somehow the original person who owned that item could still claim it back? From the person to whom it had been bequeathed, that was my understanding. Um, it sounded it, right at first, but now I'm not, think, it's I'm not a, thinking. It's an arbitrary yeah. uh, period of time, and I think that uh, the, the, you know, the, the reality of it is, at some point or another, it just becomes uh, you know, very difficult, ludicrous to, uh, to, to sort of uh, you know, f- uh, decide uh, who gets what. And you know, now you're talking about the, the works of art that were stolen by the Nazis during uh, World War II. You know, you're, you're still talking about the first generation of uh, people having these things at this point. So can you know, something that's been in your family – I mean, if you don't know where dad got this thing from, right. it's been it's in your family for – you. Yeah, it's, right. it's, been, it's been in your family for a very long time. Uh, you know, I can see both sides of that particular instance because it's not like you went out and played, paid $800 million for this Picasso. In fact, it was a situation where it was uh, given to you by dad who – oh, funny thing. He was an officer in the SS. I wonder where he got it from. You know, I can – I can see that. I, I, I'm getting a little shifty on it. What do you think? I don't know. I, I feel like if the, if, the, if the person who's receiving the stolen property, whether they're paying for it or not, doesn't know that it's stolen, then they're not complicit in any way and shouldn't be responsible for, for returning it. Well, it, it just you know, doesn't seem if right. they're getting it as a gift from somebody who did steal it, then it's not like they... It doesn't have the same value. Well, true, it doesn't have the same value to them, but they might really like it. It might be sure a really they might really watch. like it. So did the thief, right? Yeah, that's why I took it. Sure, sure, but it would seem that there would still be some sort of. I mean, for instance, if if they had taken a liking to it, and and maybe the the investigation doesn't come to them until a year down the road or something like that. So I think maybe a timetable might be a factor as well. Like you know, how long is it? Before you come to this person and say, hey, that was my grandmother's watch. Now you've got to give it back to me. Well, wait, I got this from my dad as a, as a gift. And, you know, he gave it to me and it, mean, you know, it means a lot. You're saying it was stolen? Yes, it was stolen. It was my grandmother's watch. Well, I'm sorry, but I've been enjoying this watch for the last year and, and I really like it. I like the way it ticks. And it's it's shiny. Your dad's a stinking thief, right? Give me my watch. I don't know. You know, I I I don't know. I think that that's. I think it's tough. And um, if 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 it's a year later, how much real attachment do you have to it at that point? You know, it's not like it's been. It's not like it's been in your family for generations. I mean, your dad could tell you that though. You know, he could, I, sure. I thought that this has been in my family since my my great 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 grandfather came over from Ireland. He told me it was grandma's watch. He didn't tell me it wasn't my grandma. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's, a, it's tough, right? It's not an easy issue. And, and one, one thing we can be sure of is that the, the experts will figure this out, right? The people that, uh, that are tasked with arbitrating these matters will come up with some level of, of standard that is acceptable to, uh, to people in general yeah. um, based on what the marketplace uh, is wanting. And it seems to me that if you've been given something that is stolen – it's obviously not as bad uh, as if you've been, you know, paid money for that uh, that stolen thing. As far as you know, how you're going to feel if someone tries to reclaim it, but still, you may still. Uh, I still agree that it's the thief that's fully responsible for everything. The thief should be fully compensating the individual who had the article stolen from them, and uh, the thief is responsible for for making that sale. 
So if the person who was gifted the item still doesn't want to give it back, then that just means that the thief will have to compensate even greater uh, the, the person who was stolen from. Am I making sense at all? I... I, I do, but how are you going to compensate? How are you going to compensate the uh, the uh, you know if you give it to your son? How you how is the father going to compensate the son for the lost watch? Cold hard cash. Yeah, I think the son actually uh, just the fact that if it was found out that his father stole the watch is probably um, you know that that's going to be punishment enough for dad. You right, imagine but- how mortifying that would be. Sure, sure. No, I understand. The punishment for I, I think the thief should be punished. I'm just talking about getting the person some 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 sort of compensation who thought they were going to have a nice shiny watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they thought it was legitimate. They thought it was theirs. Whether they paid for it or not doesn't seem to be the uh, the issue. It's whether or not they believed that it was their watch. That it was a legitimately given and gifted uh, gifted watch. Yeah, I just don't think whatever the damages are for them are as high as they are for somebody who paid for it. I agree with you. Yeah. I, they're not certainly, uh, but the, if if I lost if I lost grandmother's watch to a thief and the person the thief gave it to his son and his son didn't live in the house and his son thought it was you know really great gift, if I can't get that watch back from that person, that just means I want more money from the thief. Look, you, if you can get me my watch, then it's only a thousand dollars for my lost time and my my worry. If and, you can't and wear get the a watch, on the watch, yeah, and if you can't get the watch, then it's ten thousand dollars is what I want. So leave it to the thief to try to make that negotiation. Then the thief would have to go to his son and say, look, I didn't really, that really wasn't my watch to give you. I, I stole it. I'm, I'm facing arbitration now. And There's and been I, some confusion, yeah. son, and I'm going to have to get that watch back. Right. I need to get the watch back. <laughs> well, no, dad, I like this watch. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $1,000 for it. Because at that point, if uh, if the thief knows it's going to be significantly more than a, like a thousand dollars in damages to the victim, if he can pay the the person he gave that article to to get it back to give that article back to the victim, it'll be worth it, right? It would be worth it for the thief to kind of broker uh, that that make good. Oh, you can believe they'd be doing all, all kinds of brokering at that point. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's up to the thief to to pay whatever restitution is necessary to get the situation as close to uh, solved or resolved as it possibly can be. In many cases, that means that article's gone. It's it's been sold at a pawn shop. It's never coming back. You'll never find out, you know, uh, to whom it has been uh, gifted or sold. That's or, true today. Or I mean, it's not right. like we're talking about a, a fantasy world or anything here. Right, right. So, so I think on the on the whole spectrum, regardless of what happens to the item after it leaves the thieves' hands, it's in the thieves. It's the, fully the thief's responsibility to make the victim and perhaps the person who it was sold slash gifted to as whole as he possibly can so he's the he's the go-between yeah, but that, that's what we've been saying all along yeah all right so 800-259-9231 hey so i mentioned this story we never got to it i want to make sure we get it out there nudists versus swingers you might think they're one in the same but you wouldn't know uh, if you haven't been paying attention to their cultures not to say that i have uh, <laughs> but uh the tensions in the town of cap de agde agde cap de agde which I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's French. Yeah, you have to be. <laughs> Which is known as uh, France's naked city, thanks to its large nudist population, have risen after locals complain that the nudist quarter has been overrun by raunchy hotels and that children had been confronted with people indulging in sexual acts in public, according to The Independent. Mm. This from The Telegraph, the UK. The ex- exhibitionist behavior has been blamed on the Libertines, a group of swingers who have descended on the town in recent years. To make matters worse, the group has been accused of walking about in their clothes and mocking the real nudists, said the paper. <laughs> 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 
tell you a little more about this here in a bit. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Apparently the nudists just aren't open-minded enough for this town. Uh, more coming up. Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. Talk Live, take control, dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Like the show? Want to help support Free Talk Live? Shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You just enter Amazon through that little portal, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com. Get the stuff you're looking for at a great price uh, and it may be free Super Saver shipping. It's available on a whole lot of their brand new items, but you can also go used if you need to save a few extra bucks. Go through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. If you've ever considered taking your case to court uh, without an attorney, Jurisdictionary.com is a course for you. It's for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win, and for people with lawyers that want to know that uh, want to minimize their legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what their lawyer should be doing. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney and it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four CD course in a single weekend. If you're facing a ticket or some other kind of uh, you know legal situation like I am, uh, you, you want to go use Jurisdictionary at Jurisdictionary.com. All right, 800-259-9231. The story is out of France, Cap d'Agde, which is known as France's Naked City. There's a bit of a controversy going on there, and it's between two unusual groups of people that you don't normally hear too much about in the news. Uh, The nudists, who tend to keep to themselves in places like nudist camps and such, and uh, the swingers that really don't do very much out in the open at all, except apparently in Cop Dog, they (laughs) are uh, doing things out in the open. It's a swinger revolution. Where the swingers are offending the nudists by doing things like sex acts in public. Florence Denestebe, an independent local counselor, recently told a council meeting the following. She said, when the sun shines, there's an area of Kaptagd, which turns into the European capital of free sex. She called on the mayor to intervene before there was an explosion of libertine behavior in non-nudist areas of the town. Traditional nudists support the move. One told the paper that they had moved to the area because they wanted a natural life, but they had ended up living surrounded by wild animals. The mayor said that he would consider the complaints, but had already done all he could to keep the two groups apart. Two years ago, anger of the influx of swingers led to two arson attacks on hotels that hosted libertine parties. So presumably the nudists, uh, some of the nudists decided to uh, firebomb some uh, pretty serious sounding stuff. Yeah. And I just, I mean, there's not any more to the story than, uh, than that. I just thought it was interesting that... You know, these nudist uh, folks, they, they moved together uh, to this place because they wanted to be naked and, and, and be around other people who had a, a similar belief system about being naked. 
And I guess some other folks came in figuring that maybe nudists would be a little more open-minded to uh, things sexual. Because, well, remember, it's a common mistake for people to believe that nudity is sexy uh, or that nudity is always sexual. And it's not. In I would say, most cases, being naked is not sexual at all. Um, but the swingers might have made that conclusion. They might have jumped to the conclusion that, that a nudist who is more open-minded about nudity might also be open-minded toward other things. I'm just speculating here on why the swingers would choose to take over uh, Cap d'Ag in, in France. Uh, so the swingers move in, and they start getting a little racy uh, with the things that they're doing, and the nudists get upset about it. All hell breaks loose. Which may encourage, ensues. Right, which may encourage the swingers to perhaps exhibit themselves a little more. Because if, if they weren't getting a reaction, would it be as... Uh, likely that they would continue on like if if somebody's giving a bj in the street i think that, and nobody cares does it are they going to keep upping the ante in that case are they going to have you know a, a group of people doing it i think it's not unlikely week? when you're dealing with a group like swingers i mean you know they want to they want to do it with everybody or whatever and then mm-hmm. i and i can see if they found some place where they felt that they could do that um then that would be what would what would happen um, you know, really, the issue here is it's it's an issue of private proper, Tragedy property. Tragedy of the commons. Yeah, um, uh, you know, it's if as far as I'm concerned, if you want to have some place that's secluded, and that's where it, where it all comes down to it for me. I, I don't, you know, I'm not for this whole walking around and and uh, public naked thing. I think that that's uh, that's that, that's pushing the boundaries that I'm not interested in, or copulating in on, in in the middle of the, the 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 park or something like that. But if it's some secluded place that you own, then that's something you should be able to do. Well, if right, and if you've got a hotel and you're having swinger parties there. Then they should be left alone, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but the issue of tragedy of the commons here is certainly the the critical thing, right? So if if every if all property was private, then the private property owner would get to set rules. Well, I want to let people have sex on my property. That's fine with me. Okay, but they could still be done out in the open on that private property and would still offend people, right? So sure. really, the issue isn't so much tragedy of the commons as it is people's uh, being prudes and being uh, so offended by what other people choose to do. Well, you're always going to want to walk downtown naked. So effing what if you want to kiss somebody big deal if you want to, uh, you know, engage in some sort of sex act. It may be tacky, but so what? Well, that's that's how that's what you think, and I'm telling yeah, you because that, I'm willing to allow my neighbors to do whatever it is they want to do with one another, as long as it's consensual. Um, I I'm of the opinion that uh, that you know society isn't ready for what you're talking about. It's not even close to ready. I'm not ready. I don't want what you're talking about. I mean, if this if this kind of behavior occurred, and I was a business person in town, I am going to ostracize the people that you're talking about. They're not going to be welcome in my business. But if you're hey, if you want to. You're talking about a significant percentage I don't of the population really care. I'd that leave. Are, are nudists. I'd leave. You know, If they were nude? Well, I, I, I think that the obviously, to me, the nudity is uh, you know, a step above people copulating in the yeah. streets. But I just, <laughs> look, if you want to be a nudist, you need to buy your own property, set up your own nudist compound, go to the other nudist. Uh, you know, the, this is working on nudist uh, camps all over the world. It's fine there. When it starts getting into, uh, you know, places where you're talking about public property, people walking around without the expectation of seeing this, it's just not acceptable behavior, period, end of story. 
okay, but that's that's my problem here is that people are so intolerant of other people's uh, belief systems and what they should wear or not wear and that kind of thing. And if you want to uh, believe it's unacceptable, that's fine. You're certainly free to to think that way. And as a business owner, you'd be free to say, you know, no shirt, no no pants. You do understand uh, you're not allowed. Societal mores are going to dictate behavior no matter what system you're under. Like it doesn't matter that that's that's what's going to happen. Even where it's legal. I understand that, but I wish people would leave people alone. In the state of New Hampshire, it's legal to to walk around without your shirt on if you're a woman. However, if you walk into someone's business, immediately the whole story is going to change. It's not legal anymore. Get out. Right. You're not telling me anything I don't know. I'm just Mark. saying that that's it. And that's how I'd feel, too. No, it's just not acceptable. Why? Why is it not acceptable? Because, because of it's, because of uh, prude, prudishness, because of the... You can call it whatever you want to. Call it decorum. Call it whatever. I mean, the, the fact is, things leak out of human bodies, okay? <laughs> I don't want you sitting on my chairs. I don't want you serving my food. I don't... No. Yuck. Get out of here. Cover that nasty stuff up. No, I, I, I totally understand. I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a dress code for, for your business, but to be offended by somebody who wants to walk downtown uh, without, without their clothes on, it really just, it, 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 uh, you know, it, it harkens back to the days of the Puritans. And that's what it's going to do is actually drive people back to the days of the Puritans. Like you, you say, oh well, well, let's just have a naked revolution. You're gonna. They have the naked bike ride in Portland. Uh, Meg, who's not able to join us here tonight, but Mm -hmm. she was on last Monday, has told me that in Portland they have this big event where people ride their bikes through the streets completely naked and a lot of people they're so offended. People are so offended that bike riders are getting hurt, physically hurt. By for doing this. people that thugs, are attacking them, thugs and and that kind of thing. People are attacking them. Absolutely, and I think that's a that's a that's a shame. Don't I you? agree that it's it's not the way to handle it. Yeah. But there, if there isn't a system for dealing with these uh, these huge disparities and in mores, then that's what you're going to have. Like that's the reality of the situation. If you want to change the way people think, you can't change it in huge leaps. You change it in small incremental amounts. The way that women's uh, bathing suits used to, to go down to their ankles, mm-hmm. and now they're, uh, you know, they can run around in the, the smallest of bathing suits. Sure. I don't think we're quite ready for that whole naked thing yet. I, I understand what you're saying, Mark. I just when, think it's when sad. Parts, uh, well, f- fine. I, you I can just call it whatever you want. I think it's sad that people are not able to allow their neighbors to make their own choices about how they live. And this is a, another example of it here where you would think nudists who should be, who should get it, who should be a little more open-minded, they're just as close-minded as anybody else. Well, that's because else. the swingers are ruining it for them. Yeah. Well, that's the way they see it. Well, they, came, they, they, got, they achieved a certain level of freedom wherever they were. And then the, the, the next step, the people that uh, you know, didn't have enough decorum to, 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 to know you what, can't allow what you others, can do in places and what you can't. If you can't allow others to be free, then you will never be free. More coming up. Hour 3 is on the way. Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. 
After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, take control of an 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into the third hour of the program. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And you will find the features there are free. The main feature of the site allows you, the listener, to influence the stuff we will talk about here on the air by submitting different show prep suggestions. But most importantly, other listeners will get to see what you think is interesting. So as you're surfing about the web, you find something like uh, maybe a YouTube video or news article or blog post or something else that you want to share with our listeners, you just submit it to the Free Talk Live site, and then other listeners will at that point vote on uh, whether they like or dislike your idea, your submission. So the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to see them and talk about them. Uh, so 800-259-9231. That's your best way to actually get on the air and bring up whatever you want. And we're going to go to the phones and the fun. Uh, first, we go to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, did you hear about what happened in Glover, Vermont? No. What 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 happened? Well, these people wanted to get more water power out of the Barton River, and it wasn't giving them much water power, so they went upland, a whole bunch of guys, to Long Pond. They figured, you know, with this pond having an outlet on the south end, down down to the Lamoille River, why don't we dig a channel at the north end and start getting some of it? This is a good-sized pond, mind you. They can dig a little channel through the... Uh, the edge of the pond and start getting some uh, water going down the north end, down the hill, and down into Barton River. Then they'll have more water power. Okay. Okay. Well, 60 guys went out there digging away the edge of the pond, and finally the water started going, but it didn't go down the hill. It went into the hill, into quicksand, and the quicksand washed away. And the whole north end of the pond had no support. And the pond bed went boom. And in 15 minutes, this humongous pond went down the drain. Oh, my. The it just whole, disappeared? Yeah. The whole pond just emptied out into the mountain through quicksand? Yeah, down Barton River. Picture this river winding its way through a valley. And this runaway pond halfway up the hillsides. Trees are underwater. It's wiping out 
barns. It's wiping out mills. It's wiping out everything. This was June 6th, 1810, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and it's wiping out everything with livestock. And That might be why we later, hadn't heard about it. <laughs> six hours later, it went into Lake Mamfremagog, and they said, oops. But, yeah, it's the runaway pond. And I read about this uh, you know, in a historical book. And I found out, wow, that is really something. Imagine a runaway pond going halfway up the hills and people running for their lives. Head for the hills, nothing. You've got to get to the top of the hill and look down. <laughs> I mean, talk about flooding, nothing. I mean, this is a runaway pond going so they just down. So they just dug a channel thinking it was going to lead uh, just to give them a little bit of extra water, and they didn't realize the consequences of uh, what they... Yeah, and it, the, the whole end of the pond went Boom! Because Kerfluing. it was being supported by all this quicksand that was nice, dry quicksand. And when it got wet, it, I mean, the whole hillside just washed away. And now, I've heard that quicksand isn't really like, like it is in the cartoons. No, it's not like it. Well, they had to pull one guy out of the quicksand. But they, they got one guy that got, started sinking in the quicksand. They were able to pull him out. And then just they started all this cracking and the, the rock, the stone base of the bed of the pond gave way right. and like a dam breaking only it's this humongous pond that goes all the way into the next town and it just starts washing down the Quite drain. Quite the story Tom thanks for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 you can call in about anything so the moral of the story is know all what the hell action, you're doing all actions have consequences <laughs> and you never know what uh, when you're going to do something when the consequences are unintended when you uh, you you sort of act uh, without uh, with with uh, you know in the in the form of the government by you know just everybody's going to have to live with my consequences whether they like it or not it's going to have consequences for everybody and it's going to be a bad thing let's continue with your thoughts frank is in new york you're on free talk live hello frank Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Hey. Yes, I just turned on the computer and I heard your comments about the nude bike ride. And yeah. I think, you know, we have to be less puritanical and I we agree. have to sort of understand the beauty of the body. Uh, you know, we see a breast exposed or a nipple or, you know, uh, a rear end and it's, oh, it's the end of the world. But, you know, the young kids and the. Young adults spend hours and hours playing violent video games, preparing mm-hmm. for war, and we have a, a really a very unnatural sort of uh, culture regarding sexuality. I think Democritus was right. Democritus, the great uh, Greek philosopher and, uh, I guess, uh, ruler, uh, who was really the first hedonist. And unless we pursue pleasure, uh, we'll never understand ourselves or be content within our own flesh. And I think, you know, we have to get away from, uh, you know, this sort of neo-Puritanism. I can remember in the 60s as Is a young it, why person... Why would it be neo-Puritanism? Well, because, you know, we, we had intense Puritanism in the 50s and... 60s, and we had Hugh Hefner with his Playboy philosophy defining Puritanism, you know, with regard to American sexuality, and Kinsey as well uh, did some superb work on that as a, as a social construct. And I think right now we have to realize, too, that, uh, you know, the beauty is in youth. And by that I mean when we turn 50 or older, the bodies tend to fall apart. And, uh, 
you know, gravity takes its toll, but, you know, there's nothing more beautiful than the human form. And when artists, you know, are in the studio painting, I mean, people are so, uh, you know, perverted now. I mean, people have a nude photograph or something that's not even pornographic or erotic, and immediately the FBI and the police are called from the photo huts and stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. I, think we ha- I think we have to, uh, you know, be more... Uh, willing to accept ourselves and our culture and the beauty of the body and not be so repressed. I mean, I agree. Repression, repression exists in fascist and authoritarian regimes. Well, now, it's not to say that, uh, that one would have to be a libertine oneself, but to just simply not be so stuck up about it, not to be so. Right, or, or not make it. it a crime if someone's walking down or sunbathing, you know, with the yeah. top down. With the top right. off. I mean, because there's, there's a difference between having a personal set of beliefs about what one believes is appropriate as far as presenting oneself and nudity and all that, and right. then there's another one to try to force your beliefs on other people. And that's exactly. really where the repression don't, comes in. Frank, don't right. you think if that someone this... doesn't want to take off their top, they don't have to. They're not forced to do it. But if someone wants to walk around with their breasts exposed, that's all well and good. You know, that's part of nature. That's part of the culture. And what's interesting is our political elite is swinging like you wouldn't believe in all sorts of perversions and mm. sexual escapades. And, you know, they're very willing to have that for themselves. But when someone else or the mass of the population wants that, oh, no, that can't be done, you know. And I think we have to understand the hypocrisy of that. The elite has always been swinging and enjoying, you know, the orgies of uh, food, wine, sex, uh, companionship in profound ways. It's just sort of the masses, uh, you know, that, that are repressed and seem to enjoy that repression. As Bertrand Russell said, the masses are asses. And I believe that's true, uh, you know, in many ways. They become our sort of uh, little beasts of burden, of a moral burden that's absurd. And, you know, like I said, it's very hypocritical. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I believe people, when they reach the age of consent, should be able to, you know, engage in such things. But below the age of consent, due to our legal structure, uh, I think that has to be, you know, prohibited in a sense. Oh, or it can't be condoned. Let me put it that you're, way. You're being prudish, Frank. Well, you're, no, I'm you're not like a legal prudish. prude. Well, I, you can have you can have teenagers at uh, nudist camps. Um, you know, I I'm not against any of these things. I just think that they need the progression needs to be made slowly. The the idea of talking about copulating in the streets right off the bat that's just going to result in a backlash, a huge backlash. Frank, I want to thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Except the legal age thing, I agree with though. I've been thoughts. to nudist uh, beaches where you know toplessness is is accepted, and that's not. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated, so send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. Join us online 
at freetalklive.com. You'll find the features are free, including our webcam. Watch, listen, chat. You can interact with other listeners while you uh, enjoy the program because the chat room is built into the same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. But if you don't like it built in, you can pop it out. You can have the chat in its own window, the cam in its own window. You can have it however you want. Cam.freetalklive.com. The cam is free and it's brought to you by MemoryDealers.com. Because it's not free. MemoryDealers.com pays for it. Uh, Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, ZenPaks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers out there, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off of list price. It's Memory Dealers. They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. And they even will offer that private labeling to you via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right, so we're going to continue taking your phone calls about what you want. And then coming up, cops have shot another innocent person, another, well, unarmed person, another pregnant uh, person. Hmm. We can tell you about that. And if we get a chance, the uh, 10 jobs, according to Daily Cost, that will exist in a libertarian paradise. Uh, but first, we've got a Mike <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike, on the amplines. Hey, hey, thank you for taking my call. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, you know, I'm always listening to your show. I love the show. I, and, and sometimes you guys will have these, these guys who call in and know what they're talking about, economics. And, you know, I, I'm to the point where I'm... I bought some gold and silver, and I really don't want to buy anymore. I don't want to kind of put all my eggs in one basket. Sure. Uh, you know, wh- what do you guys do? What do you recommend um, to do, you know, after gold and silver? I mean, I'm terrified of the stock market. You know, I don't know anything about investing. I feel like everybody's trying to rip me off or, you know, I, I don't trust, you know, putting my money on the books per se. You know, what do you do? What do you do? You can't. You, this, this almost seems like there's nothing you can't buy that they can't take away from you. Well, first of all, I'd like silver. to I'd like to say that uh, well, they could take that too if they knew where it was. Uh, but I am not a financial expert, and I don't have a whole lot of money. Um, right. You know. So I I haven't gotten to the point where I'm comfortable doing something. Uh, you know, uncomfortable putting any more money in precious metals. You know, I'm just I, I haven't got that much money doing free talk live. You know, was was a a financial expenditure for Ian and I. And it's just now beginning to get to the point where it's it's paying off. And okay, well, you know, let's say I, somebody was to dump a truck full of money in your lap. I mean, what what, what do you what is what what does the Liberty community do? I mean, what, other than gold and silver, I mean, it's a good question. I'm going to leave it to my my listeners to answer that question. Maybe somebody I, will have, I, honestly, yeah. I I don't believe I have a, a good answer. Maybe somebody will have a really great uh, answer here at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. First up, if you're looking to do investing of some sort, um, then the, I, I did read a, a book by Harry Brown, which is called Failsafe Investing, and he talks about how you can kind of balance different sorts of investments off of one another, and that in in different economic circumstances, the different investments will do. Uh, some of them will do better and some of them will do worse but overall you'll do better overall and he had a really interesting strategy but i've never really you know again had a whole bunch of money to where i wanted to play with it and and i i i'm like you you know i 
I don't know. None of that real. None of that stuff is really too attractive to me. So maybe investing in uh, liberty-oriented businesses would be an idea. I'm just thinking that up here, for instance, in uh, New Hampshire, one of the things we're real short on is investors. Uh, we're good at getting people to move that aren't don't really have too much to their name because they don't have as much well invested where they are, and so it's easier for those folks to kind of just pick up and move here. The people that that do have some money are on their way, uh, but it takes some takes them some time. One of the things that I think is, you know, really in demand up here is housing for for people. And uh, it's been said that in, at least in the Keene area, and I'm sure it's true across the state, Manchester is a very high. A lot of people move to Manchester, for instance, and so wherever people are moving, they're going to need places to live. Um, you could buy a multi-family um, home and turn that into an income-producing property, in, in theory. Uh, and of course, uh, housing prices have been dropping. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't normally recommend housing as an investment. Uh, but, but, uh, are you trying to make money with your money, or do you just want something to do with it? I just want to keep it safe somehow, and you know, kind of hedge against inflation. And I know, obviously, gold and silver is the best for that. But uh, okay. I'm trying to diversify a little bit. You know, I, yeah, I don't want to have everything in one basket, and I just wanted to know, you know, what. Uh, you know what you guys thought. What you're doing, maybe personally. Um, you so, know. so you're looking to do something with the money where you won't actually have to to handle anything. Like, so for instance, if you were to buy a home and rent it to people, you wouldn't want to have to deal with being the property manager and, and that kind of thing. You you just want to put your money someplace and not have to worry about it. Yeah, and we're not talking. You know, we're not talking a lot of money here. <laughs> we're just talking. What can I do with my money so I'm not stuffing money under a mattress and it's just getting eaten away by inflation, you know? It's, yeah. Well, if it's not that much money, then I would say that gold and silver would be the way, ways that gold I would go. Silver, but huh? pretty yeah. much the only thing, isn't it? If that's for, the for, best way to guarantee against uh, yeah. inflation. I mean, that's the, the best hedge out there uh, against that. Um, but otherwise, uh, I think whenever I find myself like there's a certain point at which when I've got too much money on my hands that I feel I start to feel uncomfortable. Um, so like yeah. I was I was talking with Ernie Hancock recently. He was you need to do a money bombs. You get a hundred thousand dollars. I don't want a hundred. I don't want to have that kind of money. I just don't want to have that on my hands. Not because I couldn't figure out something to do that. I just don't want to. I don't want to be a target. You know, I, I get on the radio for instance to talk about not paying income tax. It, it would be a bad idea to just hold on to a bunch of money in uh, in a yeah. bunch of different areas so that's it's actually a positive thing because it encourages me to uh to find something to do with it so recently i had a few extra thousand dollars i gave a thousand of it to the united way and then uh i thought about well, okay i posted a message asking people well if you had a bunch you know if you had some money what what kind of activism would you do with it just to kind of get some ideas for where i could uh where i could put some of that so investing in uh in activism i think is is a worthwhile thing to do uh but you're obviously talking, you, do, you do it right that's what that's what i do do, um, but I'm not expecting a return on that. I mean, if, if I'm going to get a return, it's going to be years down the line when we actually get freedom, and then that'll be the that'll be the return that uh, that I was looking for. Uh, but if all you're looking to do is just protect your money against inflation, then you know that's uh, I think gold and silver make make the most sense. But Harry Brown has some suggestions in fail safe investing, and it's a book that is very short. It's something like a hundred pages. Uh, it's not hard to wrap your mind around because I am not somebody who understands the bonds and the treasuries and, and all that stuff. Right, I, right. I don't get it. Uh, I, it's, they've been explained to me, and I may have a, a basic grasp for, for what it means, but 
you know, I can I can balance my checkbook, uh, but that's that's about the extent of my my fiscal capacity. Like I know not to spend more than I, I take in, so I'm I'm good with money. That's the first, uh, that's the most important part, right? Like I I can handle money, uh, but I don't. I don't, I'm not much of an investor type, but you know, there are always people up here with ideas uh, for businesses to start, but maybe not the money to start it. So there, there's always a role for. You got to be careful of that guy. Um, I mean, just just so you know, the the guy who wants to start a business, yeah. Well, you know, like there's no there's no guarantee he can run one. Yeah, I mean, if, move to New Hampshire, buy a house, rent it out. You could probably live. That's for free. a safe bet. I mean, if you buy a multifamily house and live in it and you rent the other rooms out to activists, you probably won't have to pay to live anymore, and then you can figure out what to do with the rest of your money. But I hope that helps. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Maybe you've got a suggestion for Mike. Call in and share it. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. You bring up what you want. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Use this number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the bulletin board system there. You can interact with other people that listen to the show, bbs.freetalklive.com, to get you to that. Uh, that's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, we mentioned just a moment ago we were talking uh, with Mike in Florida about he's got all this money and he doesn't know what to do with it. Uh, <laughs> and it's a, it's a good problem to have, uh, first and foremost. But one of the suggestions I made was that, well, invest in the movement. Invest uh, in activism. And I understand that wasn't the, the purpose of his question. He wanted to, uh, to figure out a way to, to keep the money. Uh, but I, uh, I I firmly believe that, and I think Stefan Molyneux was talking about this on, on one of his recent recent shows. You know, you want the the liberty movement to succeed, put some money in it, right? It's important. And so uh, I suggested buying a house in New Hampshire and renting it out to people because there are always people looking to make the move to New Hampshire. And while I don't recommend subsidizing anybody, I don't think there's anything wrong with providing a cheap room for somebody to rent. I don't think that's particularly subsidizing. Some people have uh, have called in to suggest we need to, you know, uh, we need to just tell people that we'll pay for them to move up here. No. That's a bad idea. That's that's going to get you the wrong kind of person. That's going to get you somebody who's going to come up, enjoy the free ride, and then go home. That kind of thing. Uh, and it's just not the kind of it's not the way you want to start Mm-mm. anywhere. Is by being beholden to someone to take care of you and and all of that. Yeah, so, you're going to get. Uh... <sighs> Instead of poor activists, you're going to get basically people that act like bums. Yeah, that's not what you want. Uh, and, it's, and, and actually, it incentivizes people who might otherwise have been good activists to be bums. Yeah, so make sure that people have to get by on their own. But there's nothing wrong with making it a little easier. Like, you know, if, you, if you've got to come into a place, if you want to move to a place and all you can find are $700 studios, but somebody's got a room for rent for three, 
that's useful. That's helpful. Well, it, that it's, extra it's always hard to find good roommates in, in general in life. And I, I have, uh, I'm sort of of the belief that people that believe in the ideas of liberty that believe like me tend to be more moral. It's just a tendency. True. I'm there not, have been a few exceptions to yeah, that. And those people have been run out it's of this movement. always going to be. Those people have been. The people that are dishonest, uh, that, that, and I can only really think of two uh, off the top of my head, that they've been run out of the movement. Anyway, so what I would suggest is you go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the Free State Project. People are getting together here in New Hampshire, people that love freedom, that understand what liberty means. They're getting together here, and they're getting active, and it is an amazing movement. Mark and I have been here in New Hampshire now for over four years, and it is just a lot of fun being around some of the most amazing people. Now, there's also the uh, the Next 1000 Pledge that you might want to know about. Uh, it's going on right now. The first 1000 Pledge was completed a couple years ago to encourage the first 1,000 movers to get up here into New Hampshire, and the next 1,000 pledges, well, should be pretty obvious uh, to encourage the next uh, 1,000. And where do people go, Mark, to sign up for that if they... Well, for the next 1,000, and you'd have to sign up at the Free State, uh, for the Free State Project first, freestateproject.com. But uh, next 1,000, you go to pledgebank.org, I think. Freestateproject.org. Excuse me. Uh, uh, Pledgebank.com slash next 1,000. And if you weren't part of the first 1,000, which you and I were, and you intend to move to New Hampshire by uh, September of 2011, including people that have already moved, you can go there, help them reach their goal at pledgebank.com slash next 1,000. All right. As we continue with your phone calls, Kiba is on the line listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Hello, Kiba. Hello. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Great. Uh, I was thinking about... uh a buddy of mine's locked up in Florida, and he sent me an article the other day I read. He found in a magazine. These people are building houses out of uh, ground-up hemp and, like, one part water and one part lime, and it, and it makes a great wall for houses. And they said if it was only legal in this country, you know, it, it would be a great way to invest your money because these houses are, like, energy efficient. They, mm. they make, like... Fantastic building materials out of this stuff. I forget who Ground was telling us hemp. about that, but somebody had uh, had mentioned that hemp makes a an excellent building material. Yeah, I've heard that too. Well, they had built several houses out of it, you know, just trying it out, and it's really working great. And if they could just get that legal around here, like, you know, hemp was grown in this country to make ropes and stuff like that during World War II and all, and it really seems like a great product if they would just try to get it a little bit legal around here. But that's, that's about all. You know, it'd be a good investment if people could get into stuff like that. Oh, I wish. Yeah, I absolutely agree complete with, uh, completely with you. And we've got Dave in Montana that calls in uh, quite a bit to tout the benefits of hemp. And I think that's called hempcrete. Oh, the, yeah, uh, the that's concrete. right. Hempcrete. That's uh, right. Yeah, and so this is an amazingly versatile product that can be used in such a variety of ways, which is, of course, actually the main reason why it was prohibited back in the 1930s was because uh, certain industrialists like uh, William Randolph Hearst, the newspaper man, and DuPont, uh, the, the DuPont Textiles Corporation, were very, very anti-hemp because they were, uh, well, it was a plant and a crop that was uh, essentially providing significant competition to their industry. So they led the charge to have it prohibited in the first place. Well, they said that, that, that you know, it, it's used apparently in like a, instead of maybe like drywall, I mean, or something like that. And they said that it breathes, it stays dry, and it's like, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a, the best art factor when it comes to insulation type stuff, too. I just, Amazing. I just wish people get it going. That's about all that's on my mind tonight. I heard that, Kiba, and I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Jeff in Texas. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Jeff? Hello? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? 
Hey, guys, I just want to talk to about the guy that was not sure what he should put his money into. Yeah, so. okay, please. Well, first off, I don't really think of buying, like, gold and silver bullion as an investment. I consider it savings, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like sticking it in the bank and... Okay, it's well, it's there for a rainy day. Well, that's what he was looking for. The most uh, the, the 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 if you use the most narrow definition of what an investment is, an investment is something that you put your money in with the expectation that uh, you know that that somebody else is going to sort of you're going to you're going to invest in somebody else and they're going to work to make your thing grow. So you can invest in in the most narrow definite narrow of definitions. You can invest in stocks, but you can't invest in bonds. Um, so I mean, that's I, I is that where you're going with this? terminology no i just I, I kind of just treat gold and silver as real money even if it hasn't been legal tender for you know 70 years or so okay, i well, just consider it as something that it's a store of value so savings but that's it, what he was looking for is it, he was looking for something that is going to protect his value over time and the fact is that gold and silver have been increasing in value versus uh, federal reserve notes which they've been printing uh, all along uh, you know, it, they've, it's been increasing versus them over the past couple of years now Right. So, I, all right. So, I think you guys agree with me, but I think after you've gotten to the point where you've got enough savings, mm-hmm. that's when you start looking at investments, and that's when you've got ideas like starting a business, investing in stocks, um, right? You know, all that other kind of stuff, right? I agree. So, I, I will say that for me, for over the last five years, putting my the bulk of my money into savings, gold and silver, has done very well. It's like a sixty-six percent return. Wow. Um, yeah, that's nice. Putting my money but that's not into, an investment. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's just savings. I mean, you tell me the bank where I can go and put you know, a $100 bill in there and get 10% a year for the next five years, I'll consider it. You know? Yeah, it doesn't exist. Yeah, the other thing, you know, I've got a little stock account that I opened, again, five years ago, and it's heavily, heavily weighted towards uh, gold miners, silver miners, and exploration. Mining stocks, okay. Yeah. The exploration stocks I consider totally playing roulette yeah they but are some, but some of the good mining stocks are, are kind of like you know they seem like a good investment especially if they're paying a dividend how have they been doing uh that particular account is up 50 percent since 2005 not bad really not bad at all so I mean, that one's been doing okay um and if you've got a 401k and i don't think this applies to all of them but like my 401k when i first got into it i was like Okay, so I've got your five mutual fund things or whatever it is that I can pick from. And to me, they all look like junk because I kind of read about financial stuff all the time just because I'm a junkie. Well, and and that's the point that I'm going to make here at the end of all this is that you kind of have to be one of those in order to not be playing roulette because um, there are a lot of companies out there that will let you uh, invest in their exploration and uh, just as many that will let you uh, invest in their mining and they don't all turn out. It sounds to me like you kind of know what you're doing. Well, I, I totally agree. I mean, believe me, I've got a couple of companies that are up hundreds of percent and I've got at least two companies that are down 98%, where I've lost 98% of my money. And that's what you got to expect when you're going to make an investment, is you have to be prepared to lose it all. And uh, if you've got enough money in savings, it doesn't matter that much if you do. But you should still be cautious. And I thanks for the, uh, thanks for the advice. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Even in these remaining moments, there is enough time, perhaps, for your call at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You will find the features there, and you'll find they're free, including the archives, the wiki, the Shrine of Female listeners. We give it all away. But if you want to help voluntarily support the show, you can do that. Maybe you're like uh, Mike in Florida and you've got a bunch of extra money that you'd like <laughs> to spend on something. Rolling in it. Uh, put it into the movement. We can put it, put it to good use. You go to amp.freetalklive.com, become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. Doesn't even cost a whole lot. Uh, you can go up higher than that if you so feel inclined. Uh, but all we ask is three bucks because a lot of people giving three bucks means we'll have enough money to market this program and get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board and expose new people uh, to the ideas of freedom. You'll get perks, too. So head on over there, learn about those and get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, as we continue with your phone calls, let's talk to Ray in Washington. Ray, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, Ray. What's on your hey, mind uh, tonight? You know, uh, when I heard that gentleman call in, and, and I do know a lot about investing, and I invest in a lot of real estate and stock market and bonds. We talked about bonds just last week about this. But listen, I, I really want to caution this guy about this gold and silver thing. If you take a look at chart of gold and silver, you'll see that Gold went from about $135 an ounce to $800 an ounce back into the 70s and into the 80s, okay? Mm-hmm. And then it went back to 200 an ounce and stayed there for 20 years. Sure did. In fact, a friend of mine bought a bunch of gold at $200 an ounce only about five years ago, okay? Now, see, when we hear everybody talking about gold at $1,300 an ounce, that's the time to run, guys. Well, because you know I've, what I've heard the people say it, and it's uh, you know it very well could be, but the at the at that time the dollar was extraordinarily strong against its foreign competitors, um, and it's not now. I mean, they've we've just come through the, the the world has come through the biggest financial crisis. Well, I trade in uh, I trade in yen all the time. Right mm-hmm. today, we're about eighty four yen to the dollar. Mm-hmm. Okay, Here, here's the particular problem that I thought would have happened, and I was wrong too. I mean, you heard you heard Alan Greenspan say that he was wrong. Yep, it so happens. If we were in such an inflationary era like we were in 1979, you would see that interest rates would move to 10 20%, but that's not what you're seeing. Right. We are the best of the worst, and that's the thing that's so much different than any other time in history. Okay? Can you tell me anybody out there you put your money in before you put it into us? What? What was the question? I'm sorry. You can't, there's no place better to invest right now than in the U.S., and we're the best of the worst. Please, if I was if I was a young man, I would get the heck out of the United States and go to Southeast Asia. Well, I you're would not be that old. What's that? 
You're not that old. I'm 40, and uh, I, I do a talk show in English. Um, <laughs> I love my life, and I love my job. Uh, but if I were, you know, a 25 year old guy, and uh, you know, it was for me, it was about making money. I'd be in I'd be in China, I'd be in Hong Kong, I'd be in some place like that. Um, their economy, China's economy, grew by eight percent. How much did the United States uh, last year? How much did the United States grow by? I can guarantee you that China is sixteen trillion dollars richer than us, and they have two trillion on hand, and we're fourteen trillion in the hole. Yeah, that makes them sixteen trillion dollars. But that's the, the the point about the gold thing. I just don't want this guy to lose his money. Um, the best thing, honestly, right now is to set it out in a low-paying CD on a short term, no more than a year. Um, I just don't think, if you don't know enough about investing to call a program and ask about it, uh, I, I think you need to do a little bit more education because, you know, I see a lot of people run out there and listen to people and lose a ton of money. Absolutely. If you're the one who's following the pack um, instead of the guy who's leading the pack, you're likely to lose your money. But, um, you know, gold has been a reasonably good store of value over the ages. Uh, you're absolutely what happened in 1980. It happened. And gold languished for two decades. It if, could... you take, um, if you take where you guys are talking about in Keene there. Mm-hmm. Okay, if, if he was to come in there and really study the real estate market and buy real estate, I'm buying real estate from banks who are out 125000 I'm giving them 27000 cash. Yep. So we'll see who made out on that deal real quick, okay? If you go up to Keene in the area you guys are talking about, really study the real estate, and if a guy wants sixty or seventy or 100000 for a property, offer 20% less than that, and just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And you may come up with something that's real tangible. You will come up with something immediately. If, I mean, that's, there, a, there, that's a great system, is to not get emotionally attached to the house. Oh, I love the way the sconces over the door look. Yeah. I've got to have make it. a low-ball offer. You know, just keep on offering 20% below the uh, the asking price or, or whatever you think it's worth um, you should get you really should get an idea of what things are worth and if you know a neighborhood you are going to know these things um, zillow.com you go there and you can look at uh, what houses have sold for recently right. and you can look at what they're asking and the, zillow's got a great little chart too if you look at the i mean obviously i look at keen when i go there but you look at keen and it shows you the history of the average housing price mm-hmm. uh, the average sale of a house and it's just dropped it's just been going down over the last several years. Um, so, I mean, it, now's a good time to buy, but next year might be a better time. But then again, if you buy now and you, uh, you, know, you put some money into a house and then you start renting it out, as long as the numbers work, you'll make money on it, right? That's right. The numbers have got to work. And anyways, I just want to point that out. So, hey, good show today, guys. You know, one of the things that you talked about, the guy with the business license, I started a business on 40 acres in in my little town in Hoquiam with no business license and had over 100 tractors. And after 10 years, nobody's even stopped to ask me what I did. That's fantastic. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, Ray. Let's talk to Stephen in Virginia. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, fellas, I'm enjoying the show, Thanks, as usual. I we'll call in from time to time. I was going to say to Mike, uh, you know, that real estate and the uh, business sec, you know, starting a business, those two things sound like, uh, you know, the best ideas for investment. Cause in their kind, those, those, but those sectors are kind of languishing right now. I, I know why he's, people are buying gold, obviously, and they're holding on to it, and it is something you can hold on to. And uh, But as far as... Uh, you know, if, if if you're not trying to make an investment in something that you can't keep in your on your own premises, I mean, I, there's only one thing I know of that's gone up more than gold or as much as gold, and he might not want to do this, but that's firearms. I mean, he could fill up his basement with firearms. Now, that's not to say that somebody's going to try to take his guns. I don't know about that, but 
If he doesn't want to do that, there's things that don't go bad like liquor and wine. So I don't know. Those those mm-hmm. things seem like investments that you can keep in your house. In liquor, and, you know, if you well, buy liquor, uh, and if the, if, if you're talking about buying liquor the fan, for then, a, for a trading purpose, uh, you know, if if things go really far south, I'm you know I'm for that. Um, it's kind of hard to recoup your money uh-huh. if, if like if you bought a case of liquor today and then you're trying to ret- um, turn that case of liquor over, that's going to be kind of difficult unless the big one doesn't happen. Well, uh, I, here's here's the only reason I said that was because yeah. the the price of liquor never seems to go down. So if it went up to a high enough point, maybe you could sell it for less than what it's going for in the store. You might be able to, yeah. Yeah, But I don't know about that. But listen, guys, the main reason why I called, I don't know if the screener told you, I wanted to bring up, uh, it's a different subject, but the story that I heard on the news about the girl, the the mother, who gave a film of her child smoking a marijuana joint to a friend, Uh and it got out to, so, and here's here's my take on this guy. How old was the kid? Uh... Two years old. Oh man! Yeah, and I mean, so it's obviously the wrong thing to do. It's it's you know. Now, does this make her a bad mom? Mm, I don't know about that, but she definitely made a mistake and it was wrong. But here's the thing, guys, and I just want to make this quick. But I want to give you my take on this whole situation. What I was wa- I was listening to Nancy Grace. I'm sure you know who she is. And these people on this show and Nancy Grace were just outraged about. The situation with this mother giving this kid, you know, smoke kid smoking a joint. But here's the thing: I know of a kid. I happened to see the pill bottles that his doctor prescribed for him. And I'm gonna tell you what this kid's on. He's on Adderall, which is, you know, Speed. this is an, as far as I'm concerned, this isn't a drug. This is a drug, not a drug for kids. This is a drug for adults, if anybody. And he's also on something called amphetamine salts. Now, that's what I Adderall is. I did well. I did some investigating, and amphetamine salts, I guess, is the same as methamphetamine. It's just it's it's a little safer because it's not like made, I guess, in these back alley labs or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but, I think know, it, well, it may have some similarities, but it's not the same. Uh, there is a legal version of methamphetamine. You've just stumbled on something I happen to know a little bit about. Uh, right. Desoxin, I believe, is the name of the uh, the legal version of uh, of methamphetamine, and I don't believe it's con. In fact, I was just talking about Adderall last night uh, with Julia, and she uh, had she is uh, has been experimenting a, a little bit with it. Is what I understand has been really useful for her. Uh, but right. well, she's been doing a lot of research, even... and she told me that, that, that Adderall is amphetamine salts. So Adderall and okay. amphetamine salts are the same thing from what I okay. understand. Okay. Well, see, I didn't know that. I, I saw one bottle said amphetamine salts and the other said Adderall. I'm like, wow, they got them on two different kinds of drugs. But even so. Maybe one's a generic version? Yeah. Then... Obviously, amphetamine's scarier than pot, but uh, doctors are prescribing it to kids. Hey, uh, wish we had more time for you. I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, we are out of time. It has been Ian with you. And Mark. Uh, back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, so uh, I like to do a, an update with uh, Ted Anderson, um, the owner of Midas Resources and uh, Genesis Communications Network, our syndicate for Free Talk Live. Ted? 
Yeah, right here. How are you doing? <laughs> Very good, sir. So um, a couple of things are going on in the world of uh, precious metals, and I imagine it's keeping you kind of – one of them is keeping you kind of busy, and the other one I hope to make you kind of busy with. So first off, um, gold and silver have just skyrocketed really in the last uh, – skyrocket might be a little hyperbolic – have shot up to what, all, all-time highs? Sure have. Well, 30 is up at not – or silver is up at a 30-year high. And the gold market is at an all-time high. We've seen $1,300 an ounce today, and last Friday we were at 1301.40 at the market peak. Uh, silver hit a high today of uh, $21.53. So yeah, they're they're both doing incredibly well, and uh, uh, obviously a reflection of what the U.S. dollar has been doing and what our government's doing to our economy. Now, um, if you would take these dollars and you adjust them for what, what I guess real dollars or 1963 or 1967, I'm, ne- I'm never, I can never remember. Um, if you adjust them for real dollars, gold's really not that high comparative to where it was, um, say, in the 80s uh, when there was the uh, the gold bubble, right? No, as a matter of fact, gold is still about half of where it would be if it were just adjusted for inflation from 1980. We'd be looking at about $2,600 an ounce. Because the dollar was so much stronger and it bought so much more back then than it does now. So there's sure plenty of room for gold to rise in price. Many uh, advocates and, and uh, um, analysts say that gold will be much higher than $2,400 an ounce. Um, and then, of course, some were surprised that we were, we were able to get over $1,300 an ounce. But the reality is, is that the market is strong. I don't look to see gold and silver uh, going down anytime soon. Uh, there will be ups and downs just in the trading of the market, but you know for sure we're you know we're looking for gold to continue on forward and pass this thirteen hundred dollar level. Now actually the resistance level for gold is closer to thirteen hundred and twenty five dollars an ounce, and uh, and the uh, support level is about twelve hundred and seventy five, which is much higher than what it was. And uh, being that it's September, you know, October, November are real good months for gold. And typically uh, you'll see the high in the marketplace somewhere in there, maybe December, before things start to back off some. Because that's, so sur- that, that's when the Indians uh, and I, I guess Hindus and, and folks like that buy their gold for their weddings and stuff. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a jewelry demand in uh, India is, you know, huge during this time of the year. Like it is uh, in the in the spring of the year, the Indians sell a lot of gold in order to buy their seed uh, for their farm fields. But uh, yeah, it is it is very strong, and uh, I expect to see that demand coupled with you know really markets more not so much that it's right now all the central banks of the world are saying that hey we're not going to sell off a whole lot more of our gold that we're sitting in you know in our vaults, and uh, and the, and the reason why they don't want to do it is because they don't trust what's going to happen to the currencies. And they're all kind of working in unison with one another to try to make sure that one currency doesn't, you know, blow out another one as far as price is concerned because it throws off trade deficits, you know, in all the different nations. It's politically unsound to do that. So as a collaborative effort, you can see, you know, England and Germany and the United States and and many other countries trying to just hold on and make sure that, all the currencies fall sort of at the same pace. Now, it's really kind of crazy to see it, but well, I, I can see totally why why they would do that. I mean, it makes it makes perfectly good sense. And like you said, it's sound. It doesn't mean that it's moral. It's just sound. <laughs> so yeah, uh, right. It, it, 
it makes it makes good sense for them, but I'm, unfortunately for the people that live in these nations that have worked their, their years away, you know, labored hard and and tried to save some money are going to take the uh, the hit on this one. You know, when you see Congress and and the president trying to figure out, you know, how much money they're going to put into the next stimulus package, it just doesn't bode well for the value of the currency because they always turn to the printing press. Yeah, well, there's no evidence, uh, Ted, that uh, any of these countries, uh, including the United States and England included, do anything with the uh, the little guy in, in mind. I mean, they're they're all interested in in the uh, the people that put money in their pockets. It seems. So yeah, it sure is. That's- Sadly, but that's true. Now, there's a lot of pretty well substantiated rumor type things floating around the metals world that say basically um, the gold exchanges, the, the, the precious metal exchanges are full of, uh, they're inflated, they're full of hot air, that there's a hundred times as many ounces in paper as there are real ounces in these exchanges. And some of them, some of the numbers are as low as 45 and higher than, than, than a hundred, than multiples of a hundred, I've heard them um, say. So, well, I, uh, address I, that, I've, please. I've been, I've been reading about that too, when you're talking about the futures contracts and, how, and all these derivatives that they have out there. Um, and, uh, you know, basically paper that's not backed by the gold itself, it doesn't surprise me that they operate that way because they do, seem to do that with everything else. But gold is a, is a natural commodity. If somebody calls them on their, on their contract to deliver and they can't do it, you get a force majeure and, uh, and those contracts default. But in, 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 in a sense, what it does is it forces people to buy gold that normally wouldn't have been in the first place, and that drives the prices up even further. Um, you know, all the short covering that's going on, well, you're probably hearing some of that. It's the people that have sold something that they don't have and uh, and are watching the prices rise and know that in order to fulfill that contract, they're going to have to pay higher prices or trying to cover those positions. And uh, and so, yeah, there's, a, there's an awful lot of that that goes on where there's a lot more paper than there is actually gold to deliver. And uh, that's just another reason why we're seeing the rising in prices. And and I personally, I'm expecting I never give, uh, you know, I never tell my listeners something like gold's going to go up because I'm going to leave that to experts that are uh, beyond uh, me in in this area. But, you know, personally, I'm buying precious metals. Um, You know, you see my orders come through um, when I I do buy them. And um, I I think that this is I think this is the way to go, at least in the uh, the, the next year or so. It seems to me that uh, at, at, until they can we can see whether they can get the uh, you know, the the circuit, the dog and pony show that is the economy. If they can get their little juggling balls back in the air, you know, maybe maybe they'll be uh, the economy will be saved. Maybe it won't. But right now, a lot of people, there's a lot of demand for precious metals, gold and silver. And um, what so, I mean, if you where's where does your money ride? Does it ride in gold? Does it ride in silver? Do you see a big difference in those two marketplaces? Um, you know, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, between the two, I think silver will all produce gold as a percentage. Uh, I do have both gold and silver in my own portfolio. Uh, I do, you know, I would say it depends upon really what a person has to invest. I. I, if you're going to put a lot of money into silver, you better have a lot of room to store it. Yeah, you need a, sa- a uh, big safe. The, mm-hmm, like if a, if, if, if a person buys one bag of junk silver, which is the 90% silver that was used before 1964, $1,000 so face Coin value, silver, right? Yeah, they'll have a 55-pound box, and it'll be about the size of a bowling ball. It is, and, yeah. And so, you know, and that's 
running roughly right now about $15,500. So let's say if you had, you know, $50,000 to put into silver, you know, it's going to be a lot of weight. In addition to this, the shipping cost to, to transfer it, you know, just to ship it through the U.S. postal system, you know, easily 150 bucks to ship something like that. Where gold, you can take that same $15,000, ship it for about 21 bucks, and you can hide it in your shoe. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, there's there's the difference there. So really, uh, if you have a small amount of money and you're just looking at coming in with maybe you have $500, dollars to invest, and that might be a, a large portion of your portfolio, then I would suggest that you just stay all with silver. Uh, just due to the fact that, you know, for a thousand bucks, you're not even going to buy an ounce of gold. Yeah. But you will be able to pick up quite a few silver pieces. So it all is depending and determined upon how much money you have to invest and what you're looking at in your particular portfolio. And, of course, our uh, representatives here will help you with that if you want to figure out, you know, where you want to go with that. Yeah, that's why I've been, I personally have been buying silver and I, you know, I, I just don't have the tens of thousands to be putting down for gold and, um, you know, but, you know, uh, it, it, there's some stories when you were talking about, um, it, it reminded me of coin metal and, uh, you know, put hiding the, the gold in your shoe. There's some stories about, um, you know, when, when boys would go away for war or something like that, mom would, uh, sew a British sovereign or a gold franc into their, into their coat so that they would, uh, have something in case of some kind of terrible emergency. Um, it, you know, th- th- these things happen around the world, right? It sure did. And, uh, you know, especially in the Air Force, they did that. They, they put gold coins right into the, the collar of their coats. And uh, the reason for that is if you were uh, shot down and had to, uh, you know, barter your way out of a terrible situation with the local, Makes sense. that gold piece would have value. And, of course, think about it. I mean, if you were... If you're a Jewish sitting in the middle of Germany, Hitler had just taken over. The SS is trying to find all the all the Jews. The only thing that people had for currency at that time was Weimar Republic notes. Yeah, um, there was very little value with that. You know, you couldn't buy your way to safety with that. If you had diamonds, gold coins, I mean, did, th- those are the things that actually bought you to safety. You know, you could have, you know, m- maybe smuggled your way into Switzerland and then and then. You know, got out of that country. Then you're safe. Time to yeah, save your life, and uh, and that does happen. I mean, here in the United States, what we're facing probably is more something closer to what would be considered hyperinflation, which is very similar to what happened in the Weimar Republic. I hope to gosh that we don't have uh, uh, Adolf Hitler because of it. You know, that would be terrible. But you know, if it comes right down to it, that silver coin that you have or that gold coin that you have will be will be value. Because silver and gold has been valued for over 6,000 years. You know, you can look at any historical book. I mean, when they opened up the tombs of the Egyptians, they didn't find paper currency. It wasn't fiat money. It was real gold and silver coins or gold and silver uh, artifacts. And, uh, and that's because that's what held value at that time. It wasn't, you know, this. What we have now is, is, is cotton and, uh, you know, a cotton uh, currency that, you know, that, the Federal Reserve Bank gets for free from the U.S. Treasury and, uh, you know, and puts their little stamp on it and says, here, now this is money. Go trade it for goods and services. It, you know, it, it, it's simply been distorted to something that actually came from gold and silver. So yeah, it's smart to have it, and I just can't say it enough. People should be buying gold and silver. They should put it away and, uh, and just store it, you know. And if worse comes to worse, you can use it. If not, 
you have an insurance policy, they'll probably pay dividends. Yeah, that's the that's that's the uh, the hedge against inflation aspect of it, and I think that's very important. But um, you know, I think that it it seems obvious to me that there's going to be some increase in this area. I don't think we've topped out in in the precious metals. So I mean, that's just the way I see it. Other people can can look at it a hundred different ways. There's there's all kinds of ways to interpret the data, but most people are saying gold and silver are the places to be. So you can yeah, get those. I'm sorry. I was just going to say you can get those uh, British sovereigns and gold francs at gold.freetalklive.com through uh, Midas Resources, and so you can have them um, with you. We also have uh, uh, the, do you call them the U.S. Eagles, United States Eagles. They're um, they're there for just under uh, fourteen hundred dollars, and uh, you can get get those too. Now, pretty much everything, the shipping's about the same as it is for one coin as it is for about twenty. Is that right, Ted? Yeah, yeah, it is about the same, especially when you're dealing with gold. Silver, it'll it'll cross the threshold a little bit sooner, but yeah, if you're if you're looking up looking at picking up one to five thousand dollars worth of gold coins, uh, you're going to pay. I think the number is about twenty one dollars for shipping. Yeah, it's, uh, that's what I paid the last time I got them. I was in right in that range, twenty one, twenty two, twenty twenty, something like that, and. Um, yeah. You know, I, and I buy, I buy them from you, so I know what the numbers are. Um, so you can, we've got things as, as small as the uh, Walking Liberty halves. They're about twelve, uh, twelve bucks right now. And, and I'm not quoting these prices that they're not good forever and ever or anything like that. They they do change as gold goes up at freetalklive.com, gold.freetalklive.com. But you know, I don't, I don't think you get a chance to update them as quick as uh, as gold moves around, Ted. That's what I think. No, because we do it in the morning, and 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 you know what's been going on lately. Well. We'll put the prices in in the morning, and by the time the market closes, the prices could be twenty to forty dollars higher if somebody placed an order. You know, the order's locked in, so you'll yep. you'll be able to take advantage of that. As a matter of really fact, nice. it it happened for me, Ted. I um I, I placed an order uh, for the Walking Liberty halves, and then silver sh- uh, shot up. This has been uh, not too long ago, but uh, you know the numbers went up, and I certainly I mean you you honored the price, so um, people can yeah. Right. Expect that. Of course, we'll honor every order. You know, once we put our word on something, our word is as good as gold. Here, um, you know, it's, that's one of the reasons why people trust Midas, and we certainly won't want to turn away anybody that we've already committed to, uh, despite the fact that the market hasn't moved in our direction. Uh, by the way, I'm very happy that you called me on the Ludwig von Mises silver round. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about putting that coin up anyways, and uh, it is certainly an institution that I support. Uh, free market economics uh, is, you know, seem to have been pushed to the wayside by places like Harvard and, uh, you know, Princeton and all these, all these uh, colleges of greater learning and and uh, and I and that von Mises uh, silver round. When you buy that, you're actually putting some money into that institution, which helps promote. It's a buck, right? Promote. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they they get a dollar and. Uh, and uh, you know, I think that's a good cause. I just can't say it enough. I mean, really, if you're in support of, of Ron Paul or any of these Tea Party candidates that are coming on, a lot of the reason why they're there and a lot of the reason why um, why there's such support in that area is because of the von Mises Institute. They have certainly educated me and uh, and helped me get to where I am. Uh, and uh, and I just can't say enough good things about that particular organization, Tom Woods and. You know, the whole bunch, I really like them all. So anyways, if you're looking at picking up a silver coin, I, I think we're probably the least expensive company to buy from out there. I haven't seen anybody that has them for less. We, They're less we than 30 bucks them. right now. 
Yeah, it is, and uh, and and I know they're higher than that elsewhere. So it, it is a good buy. Um, you you get some silver. You get to help support the uh, von Mises Institute at the same time. Free Talk Live, uh, GCN. Yeah, free Talk I mean, Live. You know, the Free Free Talk like Live bringing the message situation. of bringing the message of freedom around the world and GCN allowing us to do that. So, I mean, this if you get the Von Mises uh, Silver Round, you support those three organizations, plus the fact, I think, additionally, it's a great conversation starter. If you happen to have it in your pocket, you can show it to a friend. They say, who's that guy? You say it's Ludwig Von Mises, and you go into your spiel about why uh, Von Mises beats uh, uh canes and and all that stuff so I mean, um, yeah, right. I, I think it's I, I think it's a great piece and people should get them and when you get them my recommendation if you for every get them get 20 of them because it it cuts up the cost of shipping um you know you're gonna have to play with the uh the shipping thing just to make sure it's it's right but it's about 20 usually and um you know, you, the, the 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 you never get your money back on shipping when you sell these things. So pay as little for shipping as you can. And my advice to pay as little as you can is getting about about twenty coins. Right, get about twenty of them, put them away. Um, it's a it's a real good buy. Consider that creature from Jekyll Island book too. You get a free yep. silver dollar on that. Those silver dollars are you know now that gold is or silver is trading almost at twenty two dollars an ounce. Uh, you're buying the book for nineteen ninety five, and you're getting a free silver dollar. Uh, with the shipping, it's like twenty. I think you've got the book at uh, twenty six forty five with postage paid. Yeah, and it covers shipping to you. Yeah. Yep, and and it comes with a silver dollar plus dishonest money comes with a walking liberty half, um, which is darn close to the covering the the cost of the book too. And um, it's it's basically a cliff notes for the creature from Jekyll Island. So the creature from Jekyll Island, big tome. It'll give you all the information about the the Federal Reserve and those kind of things. Um, the dishonest money is a um, a much more succinct way of describing it, and uh, I, you know, I find it for me. I, I could make it through that, <laughs> and it's uh, it was it was helpful to me. Something I wanted to ask yeah. you about here that uh, you added to the website that I never got a chance to uh, to find out is a what is a one ounce clean silver round? Uh, it, it appears to be just kind of any old kind of uh, silver as long as it's well, pure. Yeah, there are a lot of a uh, lot of places that manufacture their own rounds. And uh, so we call them one-ounce clean silver rounds. It basically is a coin that was manufactured usually by a private mint, though they do have to have the, uh, the four nines fine stamped on the coin so it is clear. And, and uh, it's just the, most, the least expensive way to buy silver. Mm-hmm. So you get a, if, you're, if you're interested, you can buy those one-ounce clean silver rounds for uh, $23.73. Yeah. Now, Silver being close to twenty-two dollars now, you can see that it's very close to the melt value, and uh, it it's it's attractive for its price. And it could be, you know, we you know what what you get as far as what's imprinted on the coin is uh, is just kind of a lottery. Whatever comes is what you're going to get. But uh, it is a nice way to get into silver without having to pay a premium to do it. Yeah, I've seen them with prospectors on the front and uh, Indian heads and buffaloes and all different kinds of stuff. Lots of eagles. There's always lots of eagles on precious metals. <laughs> you know? and, yeah, uh, there sure is. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not, they're not as finely done. They're usually rough stamped. I, I don't know the terminology, but the, they're a much coarser coin usually, my experience is, than, say, the Lakota Nation silver round that we have at gold.freetalklive.com or the the Ludwig von Mises uh, silver round that we have there. I mean, those are, I, I think that those are uh, triple stamped or something. I'm not exactly sure how that works. Yeah, they're the proof coins, so they have to they have to hit them more than once. 
and uh, and there is a lot to put into that finish, which costs more money. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a good way to uh, pick up a coin that's very attractive. And again, uh, like we both have stated, that does support the von Mises Institute. So I, I, I you know, and and then AL, ALCS uh, actually has. Uh, a network of companies that use them like coupons, and you actually get to you get fifty dollars worth of product uh, out of a in this case, uh, you know, a coin that's trading for less than thirty dollars. So you get that extra advantage. And it, so it's not just the it's not just the silver content that works like a coupon. That's the American Open Currency Standard, is AOCS. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Yeah, they. Uh, I I know that they. Yes, they they have it set up. Uh, this this trade thing that uh, it's a great idea, and I I hope it uh, hope it works for them. So yeah. um, I th- there's the <laughs> at this point there's really the only special offer really is that you, the price is going to go up um in the next week or so. So you better get on it and buy it now because it you know the prices of gold and silver are continuing to rise. They're going to continue to rise month after month. I mean. Y- you, maybe you didn't get it on the ground floor, but if you get on the tenth floor, you can still go to the fifteenth uh, or thirtieth floor, wherever this uh, this particular ele- elevator is going to go. Yeah, you sure can. And I mean, just think of it this way. I mean, what do you think the value of the currency is going to do? I mean, right. when I was a kid and I was riding my mini bike, I used to be able to fill it with a gallon of gasoline for twenty four nine. And uh, you know, we had to scrape together our dimes to get it, but you know, that's how we did it when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And Try to buy a gallon of gasoline for 24 cents. You just can't do that anymore. And and so reality is is that the market has been uh, you know the market has been going up in gold and silver. Or you could say in reality the uh, the value of currency, the value of the U.S. dollar has been dropping in value and consistently since uh, 1913 when the Federal Reserve System came into existence. You know, I was just. Uh, I've got the Talking to a guy who sells bread and uh, just regular loaves of bread, and and talking to him about how that how that's gone up, I remember ten, twelve years ago, bread was a dollar a loaf, and um, for the you know the kind of split top wheat that I like, and now it's two. So <laughs> that means that they're it it's just it it shows obviously how they're printing dollars, how they're solving their problems by turning on the printing press. The uh the, you know the they they solve that problem with the housing crash or whatever by turning on the printing press and we're just waiting for the re- the the commercial real estate market to do the same thing it's it's following the residential one i don't expect them to stop printing dollars anytime soon this is the way to to this is the way to protect yourself and your family from these eventualities sure is yeah and uh so it really makes a lot of sense uh if nothing else go to gold.freetalklive.com and watch the video yep and, and that video i the, the guy that put that video together for me Mm-hmm. Uh, was the guy that put uh, what was the video? It was uh, um, why did Mike, why Michael Moore hates America? Very popular <laughs> video out yep. there, and this guy here put together. He did an excellent job on it. Now, um, and one last thing for those that don't have, say, um, you know, several hundred dollars or several thousand dollars or several tens of thousand dollars lying around to be ma- making these purchases, you have a layaway program. the The number's right there. Um, it's eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. But you can go to gold.freetalklive.com. It's right there, and. Your guys, uh, you know, at that number, if you just say you want the layaway plan and they'll, you know, mention Free Talk Live, you will be able to put the put it away at today's price and uh, pay on it uh, weekly or biweekly whenever you get your paycheck. Yep, sure can. And we, and we do do that. We have several people take advantage of that. 
And then, of course, if you want the gold and silver sooner, just do it with your credit card. Yep. Well, um, that, that way, you, yeah, there's obviously interest. But if you don't want if if you don't want to pay the interest, obviously you can do it on the layaway plan. Yep, sure can. Just call us, uh, call any one of the representatives up here, and they'll take care of it for you and put it on your schedule. You just need to make sure that you put some money down on it, so I'm not, yep. you know, waiting forever for some payment to come someday. Sure. Uh, but once you do that, yeah, it works out really well. Gold.freetalklive.com. Thanks for, thank you very much, uh, Ted. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mark. Ted Anderson from uh, Genesis Communication Network. Okay, here's the long and the short of it. If you name the worst politicians in America today, Nancy Pelosi is going to be on your top ten list. She's awful, and she's powerful. There is a principled anti-war Republican running against her, however, and his name is John Dennis. He's already beaten the establishment Republican in the primary, but he's going to need all of the financing he can get to bring down the political juggernaut that is Nancy Pelosi. He can do it, but only with your help. I've donated to John Dennis's campaign, and I would like to encourage you to also. Now is the time. Nancy Pelosi is politically vulnerable, and it's unlikely that we're going to get another candidate like John Dennis. He's the only type of Republican that can win in San Francisco. In my opinion, he is as, if not more, principled than Ron Paul. Go to johndennis2010.com and donate today. johndennis2010.com. He is Hope for America. This ad paid for by John Dennis for Congress 2010. JohnDennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad.